Good to have you along here. It is three and out on this Wednesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, a lot to get to on the program as we're in the college football offseason, but looking ahead to the uh, ever rapidly approaching preseason. SEC Media Day is coming up next month, kind of the unofficial start of the college football season. And who are some of these teams? Uh, some of these coaches are going to be taking a step forward here in 2022. We'll talk about that. Also, George Masvidal, UFC uh, fighter legend. Uh, ben has the fastest knockout. I know people love UFC. He's got the fastest knockout in UFC history. I would love to be able to do that to somebody. Pop, it's over. But uh, we'll talk to him about that. He's got a fight promotion coming to Savannah August 5th. Uh, going to be available on UFC Fight Paths Fast. Going to be there at uh, the Civic Center. We'll talk to him about that. And you know, just about the UFC fight game in uh, in general. So we'll get to that coming up later on the show. But uh, Ben, Braves last night get a much-needed win right after the the Dodgers series that I think we're all glad is uh, over and done with uh, at, at this point, to say the least. But uh, big win last night over the Phillies. Mets lose also. And uh, the Braves are only four games back of the Mets. Again, I, I, maybe if the Braves would quit playing easy teams, they could, uh, you know, they could, I mean, the, the Phillies are right. I mean, the Phillies are, uh, what, three, four games behind the Braves. They're they're hanging in the uh, in the division. The Braves did just fine against San Francisco and the Dodgers, and yet here you are, uh, four games behind the Mets still. So, uh, big one last night uh, for Atlanta and, uh, and Ben, a team that, as you said, you find out who's good when you lose a key piece of your bullpen in Kenley Jansen. Uh, for maybe 15 days, Ronald Acuna has just, I mean, at this point, in and out of the lineup. When you adapt and you're still able to go out there and win ball games, that's obviously the sign of a good ball club, and that's what the Braves have. Great ball club, Kevin. I mean, because the whole thing about it is, right, I mean, I, you know, I know, we, I know we're talking about, you know, Kinsley Jansen, he's out right now, but this is, he's a, he's a, another guy. I mean, we're still dealing with Acuna, you're still dealing with Ozzy. When is, um, you know, when is, uh, you know, Rosario going to come back? And then you talk about a situation like with Mike Soroka. None of that matters when you step out there. Kevin, it's like I said, we ain't been 100% since they said it was a boy. The best time in your <laughs> life was when you in your mother's womb. We've been scratching the car since then. But I got to give a shout-out to Travis Darnold, man. Like, I think I think the thing about it is, Kevin, we wanted, we expect to be Dansby, who is playing out of his mind. You expect to be, you know, uh, you expect to be guys like, you know, Austin Riley. Travis Darnold just goes about his business. Next thing you know, up. Uh, Leading it off, then Matt Olson. I think what we was able to do in the month of June, even though we still got a day left in the month right. of June, winning games builds confidence and builds a lot of confidence. And I think what happens is guys are like, look, man, let's just play our game. I think the Dodgers series goes different if Freddie Freeman isn't on it. Like it was so much theatrics. Then you get to the game, which was still really, really good games. The Phillies, the Phillies know this. Hey, man. If we can't beat the Braves, don't even worry about catching nobody. Like, so I think for this Braves team, Kevin, they they understand the task at hand. Dealing with injuries is what every team goes through. Great teams, you can't tell. You're looking forward to Ronnie coming back. But hey man, shout out to this Braves team, man. It's making sure they're saying, look, man, our goal is to keep pace with the Mets. I know the Phillies are catching us, but hey man, I mean, you know, in the in the words of Floyd Mayweather, when you in listen. If I'm in front of you, I don't care who's chasing me. I, I, I can't worry about who behind me. So I, I like, I like their poise. I like the fact Kevin they seem to be playing very, very comfortable baseball. But once again, these bats are dangerous now. Don't think because 13 ain't in the lineup 
you say for Isaiah in the lineup. Nope, 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 nope. Matt Olson just sit there and go, listen, man, I know I'm a lefty. I'm gonna go out there and you know, get me two home runs real, real easy. Like, but yeah, Kevin, I will take the dub. I love this. I'm always looking at two things: Braves winning. Matt's losing. That's a great day. Yeah, it was a and it was a great day yesterday. Uh, as far as that's concerned, but yeah, Matt Olson, I saw this stat uh after the game like that. I mean, I guess he only went there a couple of times with the A's cuz obviously you're in the American League, you just didn't uh go to Philadelphia that much, but uh he's had 5 hits total at Citizens Bank Park. 5. And they've all been homers. Like I don't even know. Like I don't even know how that's possible that hey, I just I guess you just go out there and say all I do is hit bombs. But uh, Ben, but you see that, and he's a guy that has had his moments where Braves fans have kind of been on him a little bit. But he's had his moments where he's come through in a uh, in a big way. And I think for all the talk about what happened uh, last weekend, uh, for the thoughts of hey, are we second fiddle there in L.A. to to Freddie Freeman and what's going on there? There's been very little talk about Matt Olson because through all that, Matt Olson's over there standing like. I mean, I am the first baseman here uh, uh, in Atlanta right now. And he, uh, to both of those guys' credit, there has been a lot going on with that whole situation regarding Braves fans, Freddie Freeman, Matt. And they both, Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson, I think, have handled it about as well as possible. It certainly hasn't affected them too much on the field. Uh, but you, you look at a guy like uh, Matt Olson, Ben, and everybody says it in regards to coaching. You don't want to be the guy that follows the guy. Like, you don't want to be the guy, and you say that in sport. You don't want to be the guy. Nobody wanted to play third base yep. after Chipper Jones did it. Nope. Let somebody else get the Chipper comparison, and I'll come in afterwards and just be me. I mean, a la, you know, now, you know, Austin Riley. I think that's why it was kind of an interesting bridge where you went from, you know, Chipper Jones to Chris Johnson, and then you <laughs> feel, well, I'm just saying I like Chris Johnson, but that was, I mean, that's what it was. Tripper Jones yep. to, to Chris Johnson to a guy like Josh Donaldson, who was a big-time player there, and then you slide Austin Riley in there. And Austin Riley, I don't think once has been compared to Chipper Jones, right? I don't think no. at one time is as you really no. go out there and go, hey, this could be the other than, hey, maybe he could play third base a really long time yeah. for Atlanta. Yeah. Matt Olson is the guy following the guy at first base. And, and again, he's there for the next eight years, people. So right. you used to look No, at I'm not saying – but. That is a situation where you're stepping in for a guy who had come up with the organization, who had been, as, as you've said numerous times, been with a team when they weren't very good. And he's able to shepherd that through and be a part of a team that was obviously very good, winning division titles, and then ultimately, obviously last year, winning the World Series. And you step in and you got to replace that guy who, again, yeah. uh, been team kind of icon, never made any waves. Never, you know, was in the news for anything other than baseball. Represented the franchise uh, as kind of like the team spokesman. Every clubhouse has got to have one of those. He was able to stand in front of the microphones night after night, answer the good questions, answer the bad questions. Why are you guys losing? Why, you know, what does it feel like to win? He he was the guy that that stood up there and did all that. And as I said, had he stayed, would have his number up there uh, in the outfield with the rest of those guys. And you fill in for that. Step in for that, and he comes back to your ballpark. And through all the actions, the story comes out like, bro, still wants to be here. Like, like you know, and, oh, and, and oh, everybody, so, very much so, and so, uh, you know, that's why I think Matt Olson, I would imagine that had to be so awkward for him, uh, this past weekend, where it's like, I get the show of Freddie Love, but I mean, good grief, I'm, I'm right here, and uh, you know, 
Kind of ironic, you get out of town, you go to Philadelphia, and the first game out, boom, uh, two home runs uh, for Matt Olson. I, I, to me, I think he's been everything you could have hoped for in that situation yeah. where you yeah. give it. I mean, Ben, this is rare, right? I mean, everything that's happened in that, this whole deal is rare. Matt Olson got an extension before he ever got off the plane. Yes. He got, I mean, think about that. You got a you got an eight-year extension, and you hadn't even got off the plane to do a press conference saying, I'm with the Braves now. Like, that's, I mean, that right there uh, is insane. And to me, you know, you come in, hometown kid, get the extension, get the money right away, boom. All right. We we gave up. We basically moved on from Freddie for you, buddy. Let's let's see what you got. And I think he's lived up to it. I mean, he and Freddie and, like, the doubles, they're, they're right there. They're right yeah. there with one another. They've been very, very similar in everything they've done here in 2022. People don't give Matt Olson enough credit, Kevin, as you mentioned, for just his mental toughness. Everybody can talk about playing in the bigs, but circumstances matter when you're in the bigs. Are you on a team that matters? Check. Are you? Are you? Are you? Uh, do you have a position that matters? Check. Okay. What are the circumstances? I'm replacing Freddie Freeman for the Braves. Yeah. Hey, man. How many years you signed? Well, I mean, I want an extension, and my, my agent tells me eight years. Eight years? Yes, we're giving you an eight-year extension. So. So then I got the he got the, if he's married, got to call the wife and say, uh, yeah, you put it up for sale. Yeah, yeah, because we, we gone for a minute. But Kevin, he's a hell of a player. Like, and the thing is, people go, well, how do you know? Well, take 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 away what he's done for the A's. Uh, it was a bidding war between us, the, the Braves, and the, and the freaking Yankees. The Yankees was going to get him. So I think a guy like Matt Olson says, look, man, does the jitters of the game get to me because? It could have been one, man. I went to Braves. Well, I grew up a Braves fan, and I definitely grew up a Freddie Freeman fan. I never, ever thought that I would be replacing Freddie. But, Kevin, that's the bigs for you, right? And I think that he's having it gracefully. And the great thing about it is he's going to a ball club where I don't have to be the guy every night. Like, I don't have to be, but I get to be the guy every night. Like, I don't have to be, but I get to be. So I think that when you see the stars, he saw Isley, he saw Austin Riley, he saw Danzy Swanson, he saw – you know, uh, Ron Lacuna Jr., Ozuna, and Rosario, and so on and so forth. He goes, dude, you just added me to that lineup? His glove has gotten a lot better, too. So I think the thing about Matt is, Kevin, he had to say, look, don't compare me to Freddie Freeman because there is no comparison to Freddie Freeman. But as far as, like, the top three first – I don't know who the top three first baseman is in baseball. I know who the top two are. Freddie Freeman and Matt Olsen are easy to top number one, number two. And that's and that's not and that's, that's not uh, taking any uh, slots from anybody else. But, Kevin – He's getting it done. I don't know what the conversation is like now because, you know, Freddie Freeman has proven I don't want to be <laughs> yeah. with the Braves. Sorry, uh, Freddie. That we ain't going to be no more swapping. Like, we're not sending Matt to the Dodgers. So yeah. Have you Braves. seen people say that, though? Have you yeah, seen people? Yeah. Like, that, that's, yeah. again, everybody's like, man, after last weekend, what? <laughs> can we just send Matt Olson to the Dodgers and get Freddie back? Like, no, he's not coming back. I like, 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 no, like, 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 yeah. like, 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 contracts don't work like that. It ain't no, <laughs> it ain't no. Listen, man, uh, it's my bike. I mean, the Do- I mean, the Dodgers wanted Freddie Freeman. They're not gonna be like, yeah, you can take it back. We'll take Matt Olson. No, they they yeah, wanted yeah, Freddie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt Olson was with the A's, and then he came to the Braves. <laughs> and now, what the Dodgers gonna say? Hey, Matt, listen, yeah, who is this? This is GM. Listen, you want to do this or not? <laughs> Uh, listen, Matt, Matt, keep doing what you're doing. Listen, and look, keep only hitting home runs in Philly. We'll take yeah. it every single day. But uh, shout out to them Braves, man, Kevin. With all the adversity that they've dealt with, deal with, go through, they stick it to their winning ways. And you said it, Kevin, what was going to be the magic number? I didn't know it was going to be 18, 19, but they're getting it done. And once all the guys get back, 
once you got that that, that lineup, that all star lineup, man, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. But Travis Darno, keep doing what you're doing, <laughs> sir. I don't even know how you sound in the press conference, but I know what you do with that play. Yeah, hey, look, I. I just I feel like the internet is a place to go to get a good laugh, and that has been one the last few yeah. days where they're like, do, "Do you think we could just swap Freddie for Matt Olson straight up?" And I'm, what? And then I've heard people that are like, "I wonder if we could get Freddie back and give up like Ozuna and some other stuff, and Matt Olson could play left field and Freddie could play first base, or they could alternate playing first and and uh, you know DH like, like <laughs> it's not it's over." That's what we were trying to tell Freddie last night. He's like, look, the bed has been made. Everybody's got to lay in it at this point. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So, fans, stop with the who can we trade to get Freddie Freeman to come back. Not happening. We got so much to get to here on 3 and Out. George Masvidal going to join us. Uh, been really looking forward uh, to that, talking some UFC with him. He's got a fight promotion coming to Savannah on August the 5th. Uh, there you can also see it on uh, UFC Fight Pass uh, coming up on August the 5th there at the uh, Savannah Civic Center. So we'll talk to him about that uh, coming up here in just a little bit. But, hey, we're in the offseason. A lot of optimism around uh, college football and the SEC. We'll do a little buy or sell uh, when we come back. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We are streaming live as well, ESPNCoastal.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube live video streaming. You can see mine and Ben's just smiling faces, unshaven. Well, you can't tell that with mine, but I mean, you can tell with Ben. We'll come. Call, I got the twelve o'clock shadow. I don't know. I, I don't know what none of that stuff means. I just, I just, I just this look is, like this Kevin, is like two or three weeks. <laughs> listen, if y'all if y'all ever see Kevin Thomas and he got a full beard. Life has dramatically changed. People. Now you need Tell to me. you need to get closer and see if there's some glue on my face or something. <laughs> Patching it the in there. The missus, the missus gonna be like Kevin. You want to talk about it? No, this is how I'm rocking these days. Uh, she hates. She hate. Anytime I try to grow facial hair, which is, I mean, it takes forever. Uh, she I, and I, I'm, I think Ben, honestly, like you can see this on video. I, I can see this. Anybody uh-huh. can see it. I have no face like this right here. You can't see any facial hair on my face. Uh-huh. I'm not shaved in. The five six days, like I'm telling you, it, it it takes takes a while. I, I usually just come back to guys who are like, "Hi, ah, you can't grow facial." I'm like, "Well, I mean, at least I don't have to shave every day." I mean, I guess there's that. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure. It, 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 shaving is a is a very sure. very uh, overrated experience. A hundred percent overrated, but it takes forever. Like I think I could make it. Honestly, I know there's what no shave November. I think I could do no shave November December. And still probably not have anything close to to uh, representing a goatee or fa- or beard or anything. I think, listen, I, listen, listen, hashtag Kevin Thomas goatee. Let's make it happen. I want to see it. All right, just quick before we have to step aside, Ben. A quick moment of embarrassment for me. So I was uh, somewhere yesterday, and a friend of mine has a a a son who's 15, 14, 15. And as a joke, and I'm the wrong person to do this because I shouldn't have done it. But, you know, I went up to him and said, hey, man, young man, what's that? Got a little dirt on your lip. And he goes, at least I can grow some. I was like, boy, I, 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 come on. <laughs> you you, you should have said that, boy, young man. Uh-huh. Yeah, I walked right into it. I walked right into it. We'll come back. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network.
Good to have you back here on the Three and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We'll hear from George Masvidal coming up in about 15 minutes. UFC, I mean, just unbelievable talent there in the UFC, Ben. You and I were talking about this uh, before the show. I had a chance to talk with him uh, you know, earlier. He said, hey, I have a conversation with you know, George Masvidal. He's got the fight uh, that he's bringing, or the fights uh, that he's bringing to uh, you know, the Civic Center. You're like, oh, that dude, you said, I'm not standing in front of him. When he's got the fastest knockout in UFC history, Kevin, I, I I just remember that fight, getting ready for it, and it's it's always you know Joe Rogan getting you ready for it, you know <laughs> uh, the, uh, Daniel Cormier and those guys. And the thing is, you got two cams, right? You got the actual fight cam, and then you got uh you know the announcer over there, Joe Rogan, and all you saw was this. All oh, these guys, oh, all you saw, because the thing was, uh. The guy who was fighting ducked his head, and he hit him with a flying knee, and that was it. And then after he beat him, he, like, stood over him and, like, slapped his hand on the dick, like, three times. And it was one of those <laughs> things to where – and, and in the, and in the, uh, in the uh, post-fight uh, press conference, Master Dolph was just sitting there eating pizza. Like, and he like, I told that dude. And he's eating the pizza the whole time. Like, I told that dude. <laughs> they asked about Conor McGregor. He was like, I heard that dude, man. Like, come, come. And the UFC is brutal, and I love it. It's It's – it ain't for the faint of heart because no. you do all this training. And if you get caught, that's it. And Joe, listen, listen, how you know when Joe Rogan hit him with the, ah, it's <laughs> over. That's it. It's over. But, I mean, yeah, UFC is one of those things, Kevin. You know, I talk about it, I would never get in. I'm not getting in the octagon. No, no BJ. Breaking I would news. Get knocked out. No, because, no, Kevin, because anything, listen, anything that can go wrong in the octagon is going to go wrong. I'm going to get hit with a flying knee. Uh, 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 a reverse elbow, and and my God, all these all these holes they can put you in. Yeah, I got I got a jujitsu background. Yeah, my background is in Swainsboro. I'm not dealing with that. No, nope. I, I got a tapping out background. Is what I is what, <laughs> listen, is what I listen, got. At the end of, at the end, listen, at the end of the day, I judge how long it takes me to get off the ground if I fall on the ground. What if I got slammed on the ground? <laughs> no, they don't got to count me out. I'm done. I'm walking out the cage. That's it. Where's my check? Yeah, I don't care. pay me my money. Speaking of uh, paying us. Our money and, and tapping out. We're going to do a little buy or sell on SEC teams, Ben. Uh, again, we're going to treat them like a stock. We want to buy them. They're on the way up. Or we want to sell them. Uh, you know, maybe they kind of peaked out where they're at. And we, we're going to, uh, you know, take our take our money right now. All right. So I will give you a team. You tell me if you're buying them or if you're selling them. All right. In, in the SEC. All right. Let's start with Tennessee. You're buying Tennessee. You're selling Tennessee. Woo! Um, I am, I'm actually going to buy Tennessee. I think Kevin Hendon Hooker and uh, what he brings to that offense and a guy like Josh Heupel who showed a lot of promise in year one. Got to see what that defense is going to look like. But I'm going to buy I mean, you look at the East last year, obviously Georgia was in the class all by themselves. I think they had the second best record in the East. I mean, find a way to uh, make it really interesting. So for me, I'm going to buy the Tennessee Vols. No more leadership reps actually trying to go out there and get it done. I will buy the Tennessee Vols. Uh, yeah, I think they're on the way up. Again, that doesn't mean we think they're going to beat Georgia for the to get to the SEC, but I think they are on the way up. All right, buy or sell? I mean, with uh, with Texas A and M, you got to say buy because they're buying everything out there, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, Jimbo. No, you're not doing that. Uh, uh, not. You know what? You know what, Kevin? Listen, with every, what with, 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 all, with all with all these uh with everything going on all season with Jimbo and investing money. Hey, I got to <laughs> invest in things and invest in themselves, right? So. I will buy Texas A&M, especially coming off a big win last year against Alabama. Not making uh, 
You know, now they they they're not they're not making declarations this year. Talking trash, but not making declarations. I will buy the Texas A and M. You know, it's the Aggies right now, Kevin. I, you know, don't in the, the BJ bin, don't feel good about it, but I got to, I got to go with the trend. You feel like there's a little profit to be made there. Uh, for, what about we hope, we hope so? What about your Florida Gators? You buying them or selling them? Oh man, Woo. Is, can you hold on? Are we holding? I mean, you can't. Yeah, you can hold. Are you gonna? I, I, you gonna I'm wait gonna and hold, see? I'm gonna hold on Florida right now because Kevin, obviously, I know a little bit about what's going on. I can't. I can't use. Uh, I can't get my financial tips from Twitter because I would be all over the place. But I'm going to hold on Florida because this is the thing. It's all about the players you can bring in, not necessarily the players you got. They're they getting some guys in. I want to kind of see like where Billy Napier looks like after one full year of recruiting, not just trying to like do something, trying to like – I mean, it, it seems like Dan Mullen kind of did the Florida, what Jimbo Fisher did the Florida State, not necessarily from the offensive line, so I'm going to hold on the Florida Gators right now. Just kind of stepped out and was like, hey, yeah, I know there ain't much there, but uh, not my problem. Not oh, my yeah, problem. you left the trees and trash all over the front yard. I don't care. <laughs> Y'all can pick it up. All right, buying, selling, holding Arkansas, Sam Pittman there out west. I'm going to hold on Arkansas as well. I'm going to tell you what, Kevin, Sam Pittman, to me, has done an incredible job. The reason why I'm going to hold on Arkansas, is it momentum going on to Arkansas? Is it really the cha- a change of the guard? Because everybody around him, you know what Alabama has. You know, LSU, Brian Kelly, they're going to be able to recruit. Texas A&M, they got the number one recruiting class. Ole Miss going to have that offense. Mississippi State is going to have that offense. For me, I'm going to hold on Arkansas because why they supersede expectations now, Kevin, everybody's going to be focused now because a lot new faces in the SEC West. I'm going to hold on Sam Pittman in Arkansas right now. All right, buy, sell, or hold Auburn Tigers. I'm going to sell it. Kevin, it's too much turnover, right? Like, okay. They got a head coach that nobody wanted but the AD. Ain't nobody else want him, and he's back. You got a new quarterback, which, you know, we'll see. Somebody from our neck of the woods might be starting at the quarterback, which another there's nothing why I sell because while Bo Nix had a lot of success his true freshman year, that is not the norm. That is not anyone to Iron Bowl uh, his true freshman year. I'm going to sell all because Kevin, offense coordinator, gone. Defense coordinator, gone. Starting quarterback, gone. Now, they got Tank Bigsby, but – with so much turnover, you have to deal with turmoil that comes with that. So I'm going to be selling them Auburn Tigers. Yeah, I'm, I I would put in a a, 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 a sell for now. But again, I, I think you're going to have to buy me back uh, at least in the short term because they Brian Harson. There was a lot of talk that he might have left at the end of last year before that kind of remember. Well, you don't remember yeah. that at the end of last year? And yeah. it was like, yeah. no, I'm no, he he's good. And it's like after the first year, you're already ready to go. A lot of yeah. potential upside, but that's a long uphill battle. Yes. Uh, for for Auburn right now, South Carolina finally been buy sell hold. Where you at? I am I am I am going to buy the South Carolina game cops. This is why I do think a guy like Spencer Riley is not getting enough credit for the type of player that he is, and they're going to try to go to a more. Uh, uh, it's going to they're still going to run the football, but they're going to want to throw the ball around. Look, man, I want to see what Beamer Ball will look like in the SEC, and so far so good. I mean, I think that Coach Beamer is doing an okay job. South Carolina is always going. South Carolina is like what Arkansas is in the East. They're good enough. To beat most teams, they're not going to beat the best teams, but can they beat the other teams? Can they beat the Floridas? Yep, beat the breaks off Florida. Not kind of beat them, beat the breaks <laughs> off Florida last year. You talk about a soccer team, Kevin. I'm, I'm buying them, but the only thing that scares me is you beat Florida. Can you beat Tennessee? Can you beat Kentucky? Can you beat Can you beat Missouri? 
But I'm still gonna buy him, Kevin. I think Spencer Rattler is gonna definitely help that stock. He's, you know, I'm, I'm I'm buying you right now, Mrs. Spencer Rattler. Don't make me look crazy uh, at the end of the thing. But yes, I will buy them games. I'm I'm holding on South Carolina because I think if, you know Georgia's up there. You got Tennessee, who I I'm with you. I'm buying. I'll buy the Vols uh, here, in especially in the short term. Uh, I think they're there. I'm as you said with all the stuff going. I'm kind of wait and see on Billy Napier, but I still don't know if South Carolina is gonna get them. Uh, yeah. this year, so where does that leave you? And Kentucky's pretty solid, right? You got one. Oh, yeah, I'm about to say, so, if you were so, to so, Kentucky, so, I, mean, I, would, I would buy the uh, so if you're buying, I would buy, uh, Kentucky. So if you're buying all those teams, I don't see how you could possibly buy South Carolina. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, well, Kevin, at the end of the day, you know, I'm using other people's money, so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, buying, I'm just buying it up right now. My, my money, gonna, well, but, I, but I, I will say, Kevin, it's going to be very, very intriguing to see because. Obviously, Coach Beamer wants to go with a different way with his offense. He wanted to have a big-time quarterback. He saw, he saw what a Stetson Bennett did for Georgia. Right. He saw what Will Levis is doing for Kentucky. Spencer Rattler ain't the athlete Anthony Richardson is. You know, Hendon Hooker. Think about it. Hendon Hooker, Spencer Rattler, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Stetson Bennett. Dude, it's loaded in the East now. And if you were tired mache, you are loving Will Levis and Anthony Richardson right now because you know who was not a top – who you know, you know, we did not have him going in the first round, Spencer Rattler. And you know, Spencer don't like that. So we'll see. But uh, hey, you're right, Kevin. I mean, the East has gotten a lot better, but hey man, ain't no matter if you buy, sell, hold with the boys in Athens, they're gonna sell regardless, and they're gonna sell out no matter where they playing, you're gonna have to deal with them all year long. We've got more to come here on three not including had a conversation with George Masvidal, UFC. He's with Icon FC, his promotion. Coming to Savannah on August 5th. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Welcome back. It is three and out here on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas here on the program. And, man, UFC growing and growing. Big fight promotion coming on August the 5th. Also going to be live on UFC Fight Pass on August 5th. At the Savannah Civic Center, Icon FC uh, going to be putting on the promotion. Joining us here on 3 and Out, you know him from the MMA, UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship in the welterweight uh, division, one of the best going. Uh, George Masvidal joins us here on 3 and Out. George, welcome. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Before we get into some of the things you got going on, uh, coming right here to uh, Savannah, talk about... Uh, I'm always interested. What what was it that led you to, I guess, wake up one day and said, I want to be in the fight game? Uh, that happened a long time ago. Maybe it was like first come from where I seen that I fell in love with fighting and I just wanted to pursue that for the rest of my life. And then um, the UFC came around. I was able to turn it into a career. And then um, I always knew I wanted to be involved in, in, in the fight world and all aspects. You know, I've been a cornerman. I've been a coach obviously a competitor. Um, I always thought I could promote as well, you know, especially something that I know so well of that I'm so well-versed in. So it was just a matter of time before I got into the promotions. And you've really, as you said, been involved in all aspects of the fight game. For those of us who just enjoy watching it, what is that? What is it like being uh, in, the, in, the, in the ring, getting ready to take on uh, somebody in a fight game? Which, again, it's, it's one-on-one. It's you versus the other guy. It doesn't get much simpler than that, right? It's the best. It's the best feeling, you know. You, you prepare for this moment. This other individual is preparing too, and and some of us have been preparing since we're like seven, eight years old. So it's like each one of those fights, it's 
it's a lifetime. It just might seem like a, a fight to somebody else, but it's a lifetime of experience being poured into that moment, you know. So it's it's definitely um, somewhat religious to me, very very like surreal. Though I've done it over fifty times, and then it's also the place where I feel most comfortable at, where I'm like, wow, this is this is what I was meant to do. I love what I'm doing. I'm like a fish to water once once I'm in there. George Masvidal joining us here on Three and Out. And, again, it seems like the fight game, comparable to a lot of sport out there, where especially when you gear up for a big fight, it is so much you got to be on your toes, one mistake. And especially in, uh, in in MMA, it could all be over in just a couple of seconds. I think you actually have the record for the quickest knockout. Like So, literally, it could be over in a couple of seconds. Oh, yeah. You know, and in my case, it, it, it's the quickest because it ended right away. But sometimes you could be winning, you know, 24 minutes, and 32 seconds of the fight into it, and you're winning, and you lose with 28 seconds to go. It just happened in the in the championship at 205 pounds. You know, it's just crazy um, how the business is, man. There, there's no one's god in this sport. Like anybody at any moment could get got, knocked out, murdered. You know, so you have to stay very awake. You know, it could come from submissions. It could come from a blow to the head. It could come from a cut, and the referee deemed it too much. So it's definitely a sport that keeps you on your toes and. And no matter how good is the guy or how many belts he has, whoever that person is can always be beat. You know, and we see it. Guys that have never lost in 10 years all of a sudden get knocked out, you know. So it, it's, it's a great sport because you just never know. No matter how much you know, you just never know the conclusion. George Masvidal joining us here on 3 and Out. And, George, you're coming right here to our area uh, in Savannah. We'll get to that coming up in, in just a little bit. But you, you launched a promotion uh, company, Icon FC. Talk about you, You've mentioned being in all aspects of the fight game. Talk about being on the promotion side and what, what's kind of the intrigue that got you on the promotion side? Well, once we started doing all right, um, figured we throw this promotion and just give back to fighters and, and just there's there's things I try to take from fighter to fighter standpoint just things that I could better you know just treat the fighters a little better here if I could earn them more money earn them more money these sponsorships that, that uh, do business with us to come into the company we, we try to break some of the fighters off we were the first promotion um, to pay guys in cryptocurrency in the history you know this was like two years ago in, in our sister promotion GFC uh, Game Bird Fighting Championships and, and we were the first promotion of pain like i said in cryptocurrency so things like that i love to do it a lot of these guys like months later send us letters because we gave out bonuses for fight of the night knockout of the night submission of the night you know we gave out like five thousand dollars and that five thousand turned into twenty thousand thirty thousand for some of these guys and these letters that they sent us like three four months later were like the greatest greatest things you know so so that's another reason why i got into promoting they bring different aspects into it and bring all the platforms that I got, all the connections that I got to these young up-and-coming fighters, let them go out there, get their 15 seconds of fame, and cash in on it, you know. And, and like I said, fighting's very up and down, so we try to give them as much as we can from the start and just help them out in their career. And George, how important was that to you, obviously, as a fighter yourself? Uh, you mentioned, I know that's a constant thing you hear about uh, in the fight world is how much these guys are making uh, to fight because you're literally putting your bodies out there on the line to go do what you do, and who knows how you're going to come out of each individual fight that you go in. You're right, man. How about you got coaches to pay? gym fees, traveling expenses, hotels, you know, the food for your coaches. It, it's it's not an easy ride, like I tell you, you know. A lot of times these guys can't afford to, to even get themselves there, so what do they do? They go by themselves, no coach, no nothing. They don't have guys in their corner. It, it happens in the fight. We, we, we try to hook them up, 
We try to at least have one corner man if we can in there for them, or, or however we can facilitate it. So, um, just an improve. Just it's just evolution of fighting, right? I grew up in the fight game. There's things I didn't like. I want to make it better, you know. But that being said, I also bring the hungriest and meanest up and coming guys that there is, you know. So we're constantly scouting the country for the talents best, the guys that are eight and zero, ten and zero, and putting them against the country's best. The, the number two guy in the country, the number one guy in the regional scene before they go to the big leagues, before they go to the UFC and fight for a world championship or something. So I think that's the reason why our formula works so well. We're doing phenomenal uh, fight pass. We we got a short history with them, about six months, but we're number two in most viewed of all the promotions. The fight pass has been running already, I think, five, six years. So for us to, to have number two in, in a strong number two, it's, it speaks volumes not of, of me or or my administration, and it speaks of the fighters because we're putting on shows. These guys are coming to get it because they know if they get, if they do their job, they're going to the big leagues, you know. So these guys are coming in and, and giving it all they got. So top to bottom, our cards are very evenly stat- matched and just stacked, ready to go, a bunch of killers. Yeah, George Masvidal joining us here on 3 and Out, and you've got the promotion Icon FC coming to Savannah in August Tell folks about that. It's coming to the Civic Center. Uh, tell folks about what they can expect with that promotion coming up uh, on August the 5th. As we stand, we have eight official fights. Um, we have some some Savannah talent, Georgia talent as well. One of the headliners is from Savannah. Stud, Josh Blyden, uh, 9-2. Kids a stud. He's uh, facing off against another stud. And Steven New, 8-3. and three. Um Guys are both great. Then the co-main, we got Amun Cosme, 4-0, versus Diego Gomez, Mansur, 5-0. You know, as I was telling you, we just try to find the country's best and get them going. Um, one of our featured bouts, we have Joe Schilling to be announced because, uh, you know, we've had a tough time matching up Joe. A lot of guys keep pulling out don't want to fight this guy, you know. So if you're hearing this, uh, a fighter out there and you want to fight August 5th, Give us a call if you're around 185 to 205. It's hard to match this guy up. This guy's a criminal, man. <laughs> hey, the fight game is uh, is, is big time. you got to be ready to uh, to go. Finally, uh, George, what's it like to step in? I mean, uh, it, when you come out the uh, the curtain and you're getting ready to face a Nate Diaz, a, a, an Usman, then some of the big fights that you have, uh, describe that to the regular person when you're mentally trying to get there and obviously the place is going nuts. I want to try to explain the way that everybody can understand, right? So... Um, I get it's it's a combination of of being in line for the roller coaster, literally, where you just want to go already, right? You don't want to. You're over this line, you know. You're over being in the back, warming up, putting your hand wraps on. You're over being in the line for the roller coaster. You just want to go. Or if you're a skier, being at, like the top of the hill on the lift, and and then you finally get there, and it's your turn to go. And for a second, you go, man, but do I really want to do this? And you're like, hell yeah, I want to do this. And immediately after, um these drugs get released naturally into your body and it's like nothing before all these chemicals start flowing you know the adrenaline gets mixed in with the dopamines and all the things that are going through your body and all of a sudden you feel like not human you know for like those 25 minutes those 15 minutes that i'm in the cage i'm not saying i'm like you know god or nothing like that (laughs) nothing like that but for those like 25 minutes not necessarily human either. It's maybe a more animalistic or maybe, I don't know. I don't know what the exact combination is. But all fighters can tell you the, the endorphins they get released in that moment. It's like nothing other. So it's a very surreal experience, like I said. And then on top of it, you got 15, 25,000 people watching you live, plus whoever's watching around the world. You know, it, it's a great feeling. 
at the fight time, you don't really take a lot of these things into consideration. Like me, if it's one people watching or 10 million, I just I have another guy in front of me that has two hands and two feet, and I got a job to do. So I usually just try to focus on that. But but definitely the experience is, like I said, I hate to say so many times, but it's surreal. It's something you have to try. I, I suggest everybody out there listening, you know, get into a fist fight, uh, organize one, you know, like a amateur one or a pro, but the feeling is great. There's no drug that's like it. There's there's no, nothing can can duplicate this emotion. George Masvidal joining us here on 3 and Out. He's got the Icon FC coming up on August the 5th in Savannah. Also going to be on UFC's Fight Pass. Going to be a big night. George, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. That's George Masvidal joining us here on 3 and Out. We'll come back with more all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Here on 3 and Out, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Good to chat with uh, George Masvidal earlier there about uh, Icon FC coming to uh, Savannah. His promotion uh, going to be there August 5th. I understand tickets are flying uh, out of there. So if you want to go, get in uh, get in early or you'll be watching on uh, the UFC Fight Pass. Uh, in that. But a lot of local talent in that as well. I like at the end, Ben, where he's like, hey, I encourage everybody just to go get an organized fist fight and try it one time. I'm like... I'm good, man. If I not if I gotta fight somebody like him, you know. But uh, Brad Pitt tried to do a whole movie about it. It's not. It's, that's true. It's, it's, no, people, people aren't interested in getting the hell beat out of them. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. I mean, that that's what's gonna happen. And every and George, I'm sorry, everybody ain't walk around with their hands registered. It sounds like a good idea, and then you got to show up to work with a black eye lying there about it. Like, nah, nah, uh, I fail. Uh, no, that looks like a fist print. So, no, George. Uh, I like what you're trying to do, but I'm sorry. Uh, mo- you know, most people in life will go their whole life without a physical uh, confrontation. Yeah. Then you're not walking around saying, "Hey, man, you want to get in the fight today?" Uh, no. Yeah, full- I'm trying to get. I'm trying to pay for gas. Full that, transparency. That, that, uh, full transparency. Ben said he would do a fight, but he'd have to face somebody that that's like me. Short, slow, and out no, of shape. No, 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 what it is, though, Kevin. No, this no, is Kevin. This is what people don't understand. Okay. I've been hitting my face before. You know, I've, I've been in a fight or two. I'm not promoting violence, by the way. But then I got hit in my side. Uh-huh. That's where that come from. <laughs> if somebody punch you in your side and your knees buckle, I'm not. Listen, Kevin, I'm not dealing with that because what happens is it looks like a, it looks like an unfair fight. Then I get hit in the side and I drop in my knees. Then they punch me in my face and then I go viral. And then I have to come <laughs> on this fight. And then Kevin says, "Hey man, what you do this weekend? I ain't do nothing. You sure." Sure, you didn't do that this weekend? No, no, no. I was just in the house. Well, when you stepped out the house, what'd you do? Nah. Well, uh, is this you? Let me see. Yeah, Ben got in the octagon. <laughs> no, the, one of the funniest things I I, I did see I, I've ever done though is like if we were to ever actually fight, is I've stood next to you and I said, Hey, stick your arm straight out, and I'll stick my arm straight out. So like, hey, I'm gonna try to punch you. And it, like if I were to if unless I'm up close, I'm not even gonna touch you. So you can get full extension, just rock me one time, and it'd be over. I'm not even going to get close enough to hit you. You got that Kevin, reach. Listen, Kevin, Kevin, at the end of the day, somebody's going to have to be a sacrifice, and that's going to be Christian and BJ. We're going to just push <laughs> him in there, and then depending on what happens. I mean, no, 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 I'm just saying. Now, PJ, PJ, he got that low center of gravity. You know, he might be able to get it, get at some cats. Okay, there you go. Coming up August 5th there at the Civic Center, Icon FC4. And uh, George Masvidal putting that on. A lot of local fighters are uh, going to be taking part in that. And as uh, I understand, tickets going fast for uh, that event coming up on August 5th. we got take three right around the corner. We're talking some SEC football. College football heavy there in hour number two as well. Stick around for that. At Pigskin Radio on Twitter, you can join us. 
It's three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to be back here, three and out, hour two. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, talking some college football. Uh, coming up in just a little bit as some uh, big news for the Sun Belt coming up on Friday. We'll talk about that. Also, a lot of big coaches stepping into an important year in the SEC. We'll get to that coming up in about uh, 15 minutes here on the show as we are inside 70 days to go to college football is back with us. And I think it's maybe just over 70 for that first full weekend of college football in the Southeastern Conference. So either way, we are getting dangerously close and i know it's what three weeks been until sec media day so it's 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 getting here rapidly is what i'm trying to say kevin we we, we, we do our best to make it back it's almost like people go when's the season i said listen man once the national championship is over with you are scratching and clawing and yeah you have like different stuff like you know like uh, uh you got a uh, like the, the draft and you got pro days you got the combine but then old jimbo fishing recruiting came through talk of trash Saying you you just mad <laughs> because y'all got all money alum uh, in the state of Alabama, Nick Saban. By the way, Alabama will uh, listen. I don't know how mad it's gonna be. Alabama gonna be the hell out of Texas, and they gonna tear their behind. <laughs> but Kevin, but what yes, if they don't? Are, what if they don't? Oh, that, Kevin, could you? Whoa, listen, listen. So whatever whatever collective NIL they have in Tuscaloosa, if they lose to Texas and yeah. that's gonna have to see. If y'all would have gave me the money that I needed, <laughs> you know how it is. The asking price is already going. Up. Yeah, Nick Saban would just go, see, if you'd have paid me $13 million a year, this wouldn't happen. Let's take your ear on three and out. <laughs> All right, Ben, take one. Will Matt Ryan, I'm gonna, I told you I was going to do this backwards, so we're just going to do it backwards. Will Matt Ryan win a playoff game year one in Indianapolis with the Colts? Just make us all mad right off the jump. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say yes. I mean, think about this. The Indianapolis Colts are going, the last three years, they've had three different quarterbacks. You know? And I, 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 Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and now you're talking about Matty Ice. They actually wanted to re-sign Phillip Rivers last year, but Carson Wentz, they got him in the trade. So I think when you look at a guy like Matty Ice, Kevin, it's never, ever been about him as a player. Matty Ice is going to have a running game, you know, Jonathan Taylor, leading rusher. Quinn Nelson, left guard, making sure he's staying upright. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. in the receiving core, young receiving core. A defense led by, led by Darius Leonard, South Carolina State. You know, shout out to South Carolina State. And in a division that's very, very lackluster. All you got to do is, listen, if you can if you can tackle Derrick Henry in Tennessee, you beat him. I don't know what, I don't even know who played for Houston outside of uh, um, John Mechie and uh, Derrick Stingley Jr., and they just got drafted. I know who their coach is, Levy Smith. And listen. Isn't Davis Mills still the quarterback, I think? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Listen, listen they, yes. And for those who said Davis Mills, yes, that's also your accountant. Yes, and your pool guy. <laughs> that, that's the guy that's going to be starting for Houston. And, and Kevin, outside of a lot of great <laughs> headlines, you know they don't talk about in Jacksonville? The defense. Because they don't know. They don't know how good. So for me, yes, I, I'm going to hate to see him in the most yeah. basic uniform you've ever seen in your life is the Colts white. Oh, no, uniform. no. Blasphemy talk. That's a beautiful yeah, yeah, uniform. Kevin, Kevin, we did this one time. Kevin goes, I, lo- I love the blue and white. I, lo- I like the simplicity. I it. do. It looks good, man. Like the so, blue horseshoe. Is, oh, and, what are you and, talking about? In their mind, what makes it all come together, they, you, get to wear, you get to wear white cleats, blue cleats, or black cleats. So, you know. 
I don't care about well, yeah, that. Yeah, I think the rest of it. Gonna win the playoff game. Yes. I don't care about the cleats. I think the rest of it looks really good, though. The blue. I, mean, I, mean, it's, it's, I get it. It's simple, but I think that's why I like it. It's it's very, very straightforward and clean. It's one of my favorite ones in the league. Is the Colts? Serious. I like you. I know you're looking at me like, come on. No, I'm serious. I, I like the Colts uniforms. Maybe the Falcons no, can come know, up with something like. You know, like, why, you know why I don't like the Colts uniforms? Because I had to play with them in their heyday. I mean, that's fine. I, 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 I had to play with them with Peyton Manning, and he used to. He's been Peyton Manning's a tear behind us. Up him and Reggie Wayne and Dallas Clark and. And uh, you know, and uh, you know, so I, I, I just, I just think at the end of the day, Kevin, yes. Hey, uh, if Dwight hey, Freeney, if- but I, I, don't, I don't, I don't like simplicity when it comes to cut. Like, like, so Ke- Kevin is a fan of like the Colts, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Penn State. <laughs> I'm sorry, Penn State, like real easy, like blue, white. Keep it simple. Like, like Kevin, like Kevin, think the best uniforms, like in the ACC, no. do. You know, the no, <laughs> but 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 the Duke ones when they when they wear the right one they they look like the Colts uniforms. They do. That's what I'm saying. I do like the Colts though. And when Dwight when Dwight Freeney hits you off the edge, Ben, he looks good doing it. Listen, basically, that's Kevin all I'm saying. saying. Listen, Kevin saying being a little league baseball coach, Kevin likes white <laughs> uniforms. I can use that bleach. Uh, with the colors, what can we use now? You can't use bleach. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, when, if I have to clean it, that's a different story. But I don't have to. So you know, I like the Colts. No, I, I think I asked you that question just because I remember for so long people forget this. Like the first, uh, you know, six, five, six years of Matt Ryan's existence in Atlanta was like had one playoff win, and I remember that was the the talking point. Like, like bro, like Eli Manning has more playoff wins than you. Like there's uh, and there's like you know Joe Flacco has more playoff wins than Matt Ryan. What's the deal? And now he could win. You know, could he win? He's got to win the division. I think uh, beating Tennessee. I think they could do it. But if he gets a playoff win, I mean, it's like first year, boom, you got a lot of love there for Matt Ryan. And I do love the Colts uniforms. That may, And what's funny is, like the Colts blue and white, Dodger blue and white makes me want to throw up. Probably because Freddie Freeman's in it. I, I, like, it looks weird, can't handle it. So, it just, so, so the blue and white depends on who and what. Yeah. If it is the Colts, love it. Like there's, people the Dodgers, that'll, stand it. like, there's people that'll rank MLB uniforms like, oh, the Dodgers uniforms, they're the best. No, no, but I like I like it with the Colts. So them plain blue and white. All right, moving along. Take two. Who is the most underrated coach in college football right now? Sam Pittman, Arkansas. I want people to understand something, right? Sam Pittman got his first head coaching job in the SEC West, and his first game out the jump was against Georgia. His first year as a coach was all SEC schedule. That's his first year as a coach. His first quarterback. Felipe Franks, listen, this man can coach. This man can coach, Kevin. And once again, who's going to dominate the headlines? It's going to be Nick Saban. It's going to be Brian Kelly now in LSU. It's going to be Coach Harson in Auburn. It's going to be, you know, Jim Buffett in Texas A&M. It's going to be Lane Kiffin. He'll, meanwhile, Arkansas winning eight and nine games. This is a team that wasn't picked to win a game a couple of years ago in COVID. They wasn't picked to win a game. It's got to be him, Kevin, because it's a premier offensive line coach in the country. Finally gets a head coaching job, trying to get away from uh, trying to get away from Georgia. COVID comes, you got Georgia first game. What? Yeah. For me, Kevin, a lot of lot of lot of names you could throw in that hat. It's most overrated, but for me, if no you underrated. Are Don't not, NCAA, if, but I, but I, but I, I, for me, I think I, I think it's gonna be Mr. Sam Pittman, the job he's doing in Arkansas, and and he and the fact that he's not getting the recognition that he should, I think is a travesty. 
that that's a nice pick. I I still say it's Kyle Whittingham at, at Utah. I mean, like it's Utah. That's not. I mean, again, Urban Meyer won there. You know, Alex Smith, Kyle Whittingham kind of slides in there, and people don't pay attention. Like they wind up in the Pac-12, and it seems like every year they're competing to go win the thing. And it's Utah, right? Like, it's one thing if you're like, hey, Kirby Smart, can you win a national title? And he did. You're in the hotbed recruiting state of Georgia. Southern Cal, USC, California. Everybody's going there to get Kyle Whittingham's in Utah. Where are my ballers at in Salt Lake City? I mean, you know, that's all I'm saying. Like, it's Utah. And he's with (laughs) What? (coughs) All I'm gonna say is this. I'm just, I'm gonna say that's a tough place to do it. He wins all the time. You go to Utah to do one thing and one thing only, and that's the ski. And them boys winning the Pac-12. Hey, I'm just think about it. Kevin goes. I mean, think about it. Coaches out there. Coach, where you at? When I'm in Salt Lake City right now, man, it's like 10 degrees below zero. But I got this kid. Oh my God, he is a baller. Now I do have a buddy who lives outside of Salt Lake City. He has said. You need to come out for the skiing. It's fantastic. I'm like, well, I don't need a broken leg just yet. But Kevin goes, listen, man, I've been I've been doing good my, my entire life. I go out there with you. No, I've been skiing. And- no, look, I've been skiing before, just up in like North Carolina, and that's really not Utah, Colorado skiing, as I understand. Where it's like out there, you get the powder. In North Carolina, you get. I mean, it is snow, but it's more like glorified compacted ice. And, oh, so, yeah, and so, amazing. so once you, you fall know, down, North Carolina, North Carolina might be manufacturing some stuff out there, like bring it in. Yep, because we're about to hit the slopes. And I have, so I have been skiing before. Not really good at stopping. I found that the best way I could stop is to fall down or run into somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I did that a few. I did that a few times. Yeah, you know, I was hey, stupid man. enough to go all the way up to the top, to the top of the mountain, because you know, you know, you know how it goes. Hey, I did the Kitty Hill twice. I'm ready to go. Oh yeah! Oh, is that Could, the thing where they get to the top and, you got, and the little you got to get off of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we the oh, first, no. the first, no, the first, oh, no. the first time I went up there, I, I went to the top and I'm like, "How do I get off this thing?" And the guy riding with me goes, "Just stand up." I was like, "I can't stand up when I'm not on a ski lift on these things." He's like, "Just stand up and you'll slide right off and go down." And I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be bad." <laughs> I think I, I think I crashed. Like two feet off the thing, and they're like, "Get out of the way!" There's another bucket coming. You got to. Uh, so listen, man, I, mean, listen, I learned I quick. This, listen, I ain't new to this or true to this. I don't do this. I ain't <laughs> messing with, mess with the ski slope. But I would do. I would do Utah, Colorado powder skiing. You know that way when you fall, it's more like a poof. And the, you know, exactly. it was. <laughs> I'm not staying up, but you know, I've just heard people say it's a lot different. All right, moving along. Take three. Can Josh Heupel win ten games? At Tennessee this season, they play up tempo. I know it got a lot of people last year excited because they would get rocking and rolling, a lot of yardage. Can they win ten games? Obviously, Georgia and Bama are on that schedule. You got um, Pitt in week two uh, up at Pittsburgh. Of course, they lost uh, the best receiver in college football. Their quarterback's now playing for Pittsburgh, the Steelers. So maybe a winnable game in week two. Could they win ten games this year at Tennessee? And I'm 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 saying that no. they're not winning the East, obviously, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no, only because Kevin, I don't think we understand how hard it is to win double-digit games in, in in the SEC in any conference. That's almost out of this world. Look at the teams that win double digits: 
Clemson, Georgia, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama. It ain't a lot. It ain't a lot of teams saying, oh, we went 10 and uh-uh, uh-uh. That's, that's not happening. Now, now is Tennessee going to be exciting? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But 10 games? Because this thing, Kevin, now the SEC team that's playing them has a full year to see, oh, this is what they want their offense to do. The thing about any team is, how do you how do you have a sophomore season that's going to be just as good as your first year? The thing about hitting the hooker, I think he is the guy. What, what Coach Hyper wants to do, he is more than capable of doing it. The problem is, you ain't beat, you ain't beat Florida in a while. Kentucky has gotten very, very good with Will Levis and company. I mean, we'll see what Coach Eli Dream was going to have with Mizzou. You're not beating Georgia. You're not beating Alabama. And Pitt could be a big-time problem with it. Because even though they're not going to have, you know, guys, you know, like you know, like Kenny Pickens, and, and they're going to have a really, 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 really good defense. I'm not going to – very exciting, Kevin. Eight, maybe ten. Ten, that's elite status. I, I don't see him doing that. Well, he didn't, he didn't take it to effect. They could go not nine and three, win the bowl game. They'd still win ten. But I, I, okay. I know, I know, I. But I get what you. Yeah, but you know what? But you know what? Look, I will say this though: in one year, when people start saying, "What do teams lack in college football?" The first thing you lack is a coach. You get the right coach. He get the right players. You can be very, very good, very, very fast. Coach Hypo, people, people, and I said the most underrated. I know I said Sam Pittman. Coach Hypo could be right there. For what he did at Tennessee, he took he wanted the job that nobody wanted because they understand how big of a task that was. He looked really, really good in year one, man, and was very, very competitive at one point against Alabama and the Georgia's last year. But you see why I was ends up. But hey, Kevin, look, they're they gonna be really, really excited. If they can get that defense going, who knows? But yeah, hey, okay, nine nine to three with nine. Listen, nine to three win the bowl game. That's coach of the year type stuff for Tennessee. Probably so. I, I agree. If they beat Alabama or Georgia. Turn to college football world uh, on its head. But you look at the rest of the schedule. Florida, I mean, we don't know what Billy Napier is going to do, right? I mean, so. That could definitely go either way. I mean, the last 15 years would say the Gators are going to win that. Uh, But uh, you don't know. Pitt, they they didn't win that game last year, but it was very close in Knoxville. And and Pitt got them. So maybe they returned a favor there in in Pitt. They've got Ball State, I think Akron in the non-conference. And then you finish that backside of the schedule. I think you have an at LSU that could be interesting. But again, I think that game to me right now, Ben reads more of, ooh, it's LSU than what they've actually been the last year or so. Like they won the 2019 championship and then they have taken a little bit of a step back. So I think it's LSU in name. To me, you play up tempo in Death Valley and get the fans out of it. That might be one you can win. And then you finish what? South Carolina, Vandy, uh, Kentucky. I think Mizzou's in that last month. I, you could you could get on a little roll there and wind up very close to nine and three, eight and four, and, and certainly could win a bowl game. I will say that when he was at UCF and they got rock and roll, and that offense was quick. Uh, they were up and ready to go, and you saw it where uh, you know they played teams as the year went on. Teams watched that tape and they said, "Hamstrings feeling a little tight. We're gonna have to slow down real quick." And uh, it get me off the field so they can, so we can sub. Uh, I think it'd be interesting. Uh, I think they can win ten. I'm gonna say they can. And as you said, if they do that, I mean, I, I look, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Kevin. They're I mean, not they winning. Schedule. They're not winning the East if they do that. But I think they could. I, I think they could win yeah, ten. Think about that. Nine, nine to three ain't good enough to win the East no more. That's how good Georgia is at this point. Crazy. 
We got more to come. That's take three. We do it every day at this time. We're talking SEC football. Speaking of big seasons, a couple of coaches out there who are entering a big year in the SEC. We'll break it down next. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as well. At twi- On Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Wednesday. Counting you down towards the Braves and the Phillies. 5.50, we'll have pregame coverage. First pitch just after 7 o'clock here this evening. But college football is rapidly approaching. Got SEC Media Days coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks, uh, Ben. And got a lot of talk about Obviously, you got the Nick Jimbo stuff uh, that's going to be, uh, you know, brought back up. But I think this is an interesting year for... A number of guys. Back a few years ago, you had the the COVID hires that you kind of alluded to back in, in take three, where you had three guys or four guys who were brought in, and they said, go get them, fellas. It's an all-SEC schedule, and we don't really know how this thing's going to work. Uh, if you remember back to 2020, it was, we're going to play 10 games. We are going to limit the amount of time y'all can be face-to-face because of COVID protocols. We're going to potentially limit how many people can be together at the same time when you do have practice uh, back there in 2020. And you're looking around going, these guys were dealt an obvious tough hand. But here we are, 2022, and these guys are now going into year three, uh, Ben. So which COVID hire uh, there in the SEC do you think takes the biggest step forward in 2022 now that they've had a couple of seasons to get out there and recruit, and for those who are like, well, who was hired during COVID? Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, Mike Leach at Mississippi State, Sam Pittman at Arkansas, and Eli Drinkwitz there at Mizzou. Who's got a chance to take the biggest leap now that you've been able to go out and utilize Transfer Portal that's coming? I mean, since these guys have been hired, Transfer Portal's really taken off. Uh, Obviously, NIL as it comes to recruiting, but you've also had the ability to go out and get two actual full recruiting cycles in uh, under their belt, who's taking that big that big leap here in 2022? I still think it's going to be a guy like uh, Lane Kiffin. I think sometimes, Kevin, when we start talking about these guys, who I mean, that people say he's in the SEC West. Yeah, but I think his offense is built for sustainability. When it comes to Mike Leach, right? When it comes to, you know, Sam Pittman, when it comes to Eli Drinkwitz, how do they how do they fare against teams like Texas A&M? How do they fare against teams like Alabama? How do they fare against teams like Auburn and LSU? The thing about a guy like Lane Kiffin is he needs a quarterback that can run his system and he can go out there and make a big leap. I know the easiest path is going to be Eli Drinkwitz, but guess what? He's scratching the claw in the east. He's, he's probably not going to beat Florida two years in a row, probably not going to beat Tennessee, probably, definitely not going to beat Georgia, and I don't even know who their crossover is. Sam Pittman is my most underrated coach for what he's done in Arkansas, but Kevin, I think they're going I think it's going to be such a such a up, you know, you know, uh upper hill to climb with a when a guy like that, because when, when you talk about recruiting rankings, I don't know where Arkansas remains there. And Mike Leach, I mean, he's so stubborn with his offense. Like, his very first game out, I was like, whoo, is it going to look like this? And the answer was no. People <laughs> figured out it's not going to be that. Because when you got an offense that predicated on, you know, a lot of uh, running a lot of plays, staying ahead of the chain, scoring fast, you got to have a complimentary defense. And the Mississippi State right now, they don't got a complimentary defense. So, for me, I think it's going to be Lane Kiffin. Kevin, because he got a sophisticated offense that's good. If my offense is good enough to give fits to the best team in the country or one of the best teams in the country, oh, I think I can make leaps and bounds because 
I know I know it's going to be hard to replace a Matt Corral, but I think it's more how do you replace his production? And I think that can be had. So I love what uh, – obviously, I love what Sam Pittman is doing. I think the guy like Mike Leach is an innovator, but I think what works in the Pac-12 does not work in the SEC. Bigger, faster, stronger, and more sophisticated. Eli Drinkwich, I mean, I think that he does a good job, not a great job. Uh, you know, at Mizzou, for, for my money, I'm going to go with Lane Kiffin. I think he understands what it takes to be in games for four quarters and not just look good in certain moments. So, for my money, I think the biggest leap is going to be Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I mean, that's – I don't have any problem. Eli Drinkwitz, to me, is an interesting one to choose. As you said, they have a lot of room to go up. And you look at his coaching staff, and his coaching staff's really good. Uh, you have some guys that were former SEC coaches, former, uh, you know, Big time names that have come on board to uh, to help him. I feel like they have needed quarterback play to step up. Obviously, Connor Basilak was not a guy that uh, took him to that next level, but defensively they were good. Didn't really uh, score enough. I think if you beat the the Vanderbilts, I think it's interesting with the South Carolina. I'm trying to think who Mizzou crosses over with. Is it? Uh, I guess it would have to be Texas. I guess it have to be Texas A and M because no, uh, yeah, because. I think Arkansas and South Carolina cross over and play each other every year. So, um, can they win those games against the East uh, that they can compete in? I I think they can. Uh, as you said, I think he's done an okay job. To me, it's the biggest year for Eli Drinkwitz. I think Sam Pittman has surpassed a lot of expectations, Ben. I think Lane Kiffin, as long as he's at Ole Miss, you're relevant. Right, I mean, your your people are talking about you. You're going to have an innovative offense. You're going to be able to attract recruits to come and play for you that way. Mike Leach, I I love the air raid personally. It's tough to do in the uh, in the SEC, but I think the the biggest jump I think I will say it would come from Mizzou. Uh, and again, what does that mean? Uh, does I mean you go from the bottom? You're, you're better than Vanderbilt to your third or fourth, maybe. Because I mean, where, as you you said it appropriately, where's Arkansas going to go? Where's uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State going to go? Somebody's got to finish last in that division, and you got to figure out a way to continuously beat, you know, Alabama, LSU, Texas A and M now uh, consistently just to get in that top three. And again, I think nobody is going to think that Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State are on the Alabama level uh, at yeah. this point. So where's the upside there? I do think this is an interesting year for all these coaches because now Ben. You get done with 2022, you start looking ahead and say 2023, 24, 25, Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in here. What's the league look like? Do we make a commitment to our current guy? Because we don't know yet what the config's going to be. I mean, we've seen the ACC go away from divisions. The Pac-12 is going away from divisions. I, it seems like that's the way it's going. Most people agree the SEC can't do divisions when Texas and Oklahoma come in. So if you're looking there yeah. at a guy like Sam Pittman, are you a little more patient with him and say, hey, depending on how this thing breaks out for us, you might have a better shot of contending in pods or you know, with a, a better rotation and not just stacked against the West right now uh, every single year. I, I think the same could be said for Lane Kiffin. Uh, you get stuck in a pod with Mississippi State and potentially, I don't know, uh, a, a Texas A&M and a Anna Arkansas or something or or Mizzou. I mean, that's winnable, right? I mean, that's uh, those are three games that you feel good about. And then if you're just trying to get second at that point, based on Van, 
uh, you know, Bama or Georgia, at least as we look at it right now, could you make some hay with Lane Kim? I, I think those are going to be interesting discussions around those programs of, all right, maybe we're not where we want to be right now, but given where the conference is going to change to when Texas and Oklahoma come in, does a different format give us a better view of what's possible? Because I think a lot of people look at it right now, and rightly or wrongly, Ben, I think as long as Nick Saban's there and you're playing divisions, everybody's like, we got to be really good, and we can't slip up against anybody else. We're probably playing for second in the West, right? I mean, that's just the hill that you have to climb. So, I mean, we've seen it. A&M beat Alabama finally. Hey, we, I told you we were going to do it. They still didn't go uh, to, no. the, to the SEC championship game. So, I think that's what those teams in the West especially are looking at of, are you disappointed with where the program's at, or are you saying, hey, when this thing breaks in format, and maybe the SEC, I know they haven't officially said, but, I mean, I don't see any way you can keep divisions – breaks divisions, do you actually have a better chance of competing across the board once that SEC West stranglehold gets removed in the way of Alabama or just say, hey, we have to play Auburn and LSU and 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 Bama every single year? Maybe you don't have to play them every single year once this thing uh, you know spreads out a little more. Yeah, Kevin, I think I think it's I think it's great for teams like Ole Miss. I think it's great for teams like Arkansas. Because I think you got two different two different levels of expectations when we're talking about teams like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas. They're not on the same level of LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M, uh, and Alabama. Because this is what Alabama's done. That's the hardest thing to do. Alabama can lose a game and still be in the college football playoff without having to go to without having to go to Atlanta. Uh, uh, Ole Miss can't do that. Mississippi State can't do that. Arkansas can't do that. There are teams in the East that outside of Georgia, Mike, Florida could do that potentially. But they got to have a hell of a season on top of that. So, yes, Kevin, I think getting rid of divisions, because I've got to say this, man, and I know people could think I'm wrong. The SEC has really made the national championship obsolete because if you cannot beat Alabama or Georgia right now, you can't, you're not going to win it. Like, I mean, so when people say, oh, who's going to win it? Dude, it's coming from a certain region of the country. So, I mean, Ohio State, yeah, that's Midwest, but then you got Clemson, right? right? Or Michigan. So one side of the country is cut off. Anything past Michigan, Ohio, that's it. You're not going any far west. So guess what? What about Oklahoma? There, you if you don't think whatever Oklahoma's doing at this point is going to be resonated with the SEC, gonna go back to them old clips. Cause think about it, Kevin. It's like if you're coaching a team, but they know that you're going to another team three years from now. You know they're gonna be like, "Well, dude, now if you lose, is it because they leaving?" Cause you know, everything you're doing. So I do think that these different – getting rid of divisions is good for college football, definitely the SEC, because is it the SEC or not? And I think what happens is – it don't, listen, it ain't going to help a team like Vanderbilt. Like just, it just, <laughs> it's just not. No, Vanderbilt's here. Give me not. my check and we're good. But, but we forget, though, Vanderbilt was dominating Tennessee as of recent. See, we forget about these things. So I do think that getting rid of divisions, Kevin, makes it so that a team that has an outlier year, a.k.a. 2019 LSU, right, will still get the benefit of the doubt if you didn't have divisions. A team like Arkansas that had some really, really good years as of late because the best teams I've ever seen in Arkansas had Darren McFadden there, right? And uh, and maybe you get another player of that caliber. That's Heisman Trophy, uh, a runner-up, SEC Championship they in the SEC championship against Florida. See, people forget that stuff. So I think that getting rid of divisions makes it so that it, it kind of evens it out because recruiting evens out. Because now players go, look, man, it's really not about having to play a certain side every year. 
You get to play who on your schedule, man. The best, the two best teams sure. will be in Atlanta, or AKA the team that could beat Alabama gonna be in Atlanta. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> Nick Saban, he ain't going nowhere, man. He he's just gonna he's coach. Just he's just gonna coach until he's 700 years old. And, and he's still and gonna be out there and, going. And, and right before he take his last breath, he's gonna sign a contract extension. <laughs> <laughs> we got more to come. It's three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Here it is, three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, he has been Troop. Thanks for making us a part of your day. You can catch us streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com, uh, as well as the radio network and online. Uh, you can get us uh, video-wise, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So we encourage you to uh, to do that as well. Ben, as you mentioned, we still got a few days left here in the in the month of June. But coming up on Friday is July 1, and we officially will see the Sun Belt grow by four members. Remember, they uh, they put out the schedule without them, and then they went back and said, nope, nope, you're coming. They're coming. And so officially, the divorce is finalized uh, come Friday. And Marshall, James Madison, Old Dominion, Southern Miss come in uh, to the Sun Belt. You look at the recent history of expansion. Georgia Southern comes in, and they, well, I'll say it for Eagles fans. You, you, you won the league, even though you weren't eligible to do so. You, had, you came in year one, and you won the league, even though uh, you weren't allowed to do that. Then App State wins it in year two. You expand. You bring in Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina goes uh, what was it, 11-1 uh, and one, uh, a couple of years uh, ago, right after they became kind of eligible uh, to win the league, had a, a tremendous season. I mean, are you expecting to see something like that in in one of these squads where it's like Southern Miss, Marshall, James, one of these teams winning it in the first year, having a uh, breakthrough success, or is the league just simply in a different spot at this point? I mean, Kevin, I, whew, man, if – if Louisiana and Coastal Carolina would have been doing what they would do, I would have said yes. But I think I think they're going to be really, really competitive. I, I really say that. I, I can definitely say that. The Sun Belt definitely boosts his resume a lot. But as you mentioned, Kevin, I do think Georgia Southern is a team. Getting, getting the guy and Coach Helton never thought was going to stick with, you know, uh, G, you know, going to go with, uh, you know, P5. And then you look at the fact that what even though Louisiana's moving on, Billy Neighbors moved on to Florida, they built, they built a nice – you know, like a nice little, you know, uh, structure down there in Louisiana. Coastal Carolina, I mean, they, they, they've gotten really, really good as of late, but I still think App is the class of the, of the whole conference. I still think it's App. And you don't, have to, you don't have to win the conference to be the class of the conference. Now, you got some, you got some, you got some, you know, Southern Miss and Old Dominion and Marshall, James Madison. Kevin, I say I say none of them are gonna come in and do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Cause I think what happens is, let's call it what it is. We haven't seen a lot of James Madison or, or Marshall or Old Dominion, you know, or Southern Miss. So I can't really tell you their style of play, but I will tell them this. If they coming in frigid, it's not gonna be a good welcome. The, the Sun Belt is when you start talking about P5, the listen, yes, the SEC is the best P5 conference. Guess what? The best G5 conference is the Sun Belt. Play with them. Teams are not trying yeah. to uh, teams are not trying to, uh, to to play them right now. So for me, Kevin, I can say while I while I don't think one of the newcomers is going to do it, I would not be surprised if they did. Yeah, I, to me, it's going to be it's probably going to be Marshall. I mean, James Madison is making the Georgia Southern trek up out of FCS. Yeah, I think the league is just in a different spot. 
uh, than it was when Georgia Southern came in. They just lost some members. Uh, Marshall, to me, is a team that is good enough to come in and yeah. coming out of conference USA and get it done. If I have to pick one, uh, that would be – I think Southern Miss kind of falling on some hard times. They got a ways to go. Uh, they yeah. were not competing in the in Conference USA there towards the end. I think they'll be a nice fit, and they kind of bridge that gap uh, of the Sun Belt giving you a team in uh, in Mississippi. I really don't know what to expect from from Old Dominion. They were six and seven. They were you know FCS. They were not FCS. They were FBS football last year. But I think sliding down to the Sun Belt. I don't. I don't see them stepping in right away and and making a bunch of waves. I think it's going to be Marshall, maybe James Madison. I mean, people forget James Madison has a win over Virginia Tech. They've kind of come in and uh, stunned some folks. But I feel like the league's in a better spot uh, than it was, and they're going to be playing on a side with App State, with Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern. I mean, even Georgia State is very respectable uh, yeah. at this point, and you're going to come in and try to compete with them. So. I, I think it's going to be very tough for one of them to do what uh, what Georgia Southern did when they first came into the league. I mean, that was one of those things that you almost just couldn't make up. You make a transition, you're taking a yeah. step up, and you're not eligible to win the league, but you win it anyway. And you can't go to the championship game, and somebody else claims the championship. But uh, that was kind of one of those things where you, you made that transition. I think people are like, oh, here we go. And then it's kind of been that roller coaster ride uh, in Statesboro since then, where I mean, it's it's a tough road to hoe each and every year uh, going through that. Somebody said going to Louisiana, playing uh, your rival in App State, and now you've added at least some programs that historically uh, at uh, that kind of uh, that G five level have been pretty solid. I mean, Marshall's been a solid program. Uh, Southern Miss has had their moments, but I mean, you're adding a little more depth to the league, and yeah. anytime you do that, Ben. It, it, it makes that that trek to get to the championship game a little bit more difficult. But Kevin, I mean, I think, but I think that I think uh, I think you make a great point at the end when you talk about the fact that we we you know Coach Held, listen, he was he was the biggest hire. Let's get by far biggest hire. Oh sure, no one saw that coming. But how much more pressure does it put on him to not just go ahead and show what you got in Georgia Southern, but not be losing to the new because even though the newcomer just got here. It's almost like you got to look like a usual suspect. It's like Coach Kel- Coach Elder, you got to. It, it's got to look like you already been here, because because Kevin, you know, look, there are certain fan bases. No, all fan bases <laughs> well, let true. you know what it is. But Georgia Southern will definitely let you know because they want Jared Binko did a hell of a job going out there and getting Coach Heldon in and bringing him in, and then you talk about this offense that's supposed to that's supposed to be more lightened up, Kevin. When you talk about like the numbers they could do. When they see Old Dominion, when they see James Madison, when they see Southern Miss, when they see Marshall, there better be there better be W's. Because let me tell you something, and I'm not gonna mention that other school in the ATL with the same, you know, uh, initials as y'all. <laughs> I was at an event. I think they had a lawsuit about that. Honestly, <laughs> I, no, seriously, I, I, really? I, I say, yeah, I think, uh, I think, I, I, I don't know, if it's who won out or whatever, but I guess Georgia State gets to go. GSU because uh, you know Georgia Southern's just gone to the the GS the GS Eagles dot uh, com and all that kind of stuff. Really? So, yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, just why can't we all be GSU? Why can't we? Why can't we be USC? We got USC and USC East, right? That's what everybody says uh, well, when they well, kind of dig well, at well, South I was, Carolina. When I was up at the event. I'm asking the young. You know, I'm asking. Uh, I'm asking the guys about the you know the the, the, the GSU rivalry. And they was and, and I said and I said uh, I said uh, I said uh, GSU, and I said which one, and they was like and they said come on man, 
You know Georgia State. I said they said they said you know Georgia State. I said wait a minute now. I said what about what about Georgia State? What about GSU down there in Statesboro? They said what about it? All I'm saying is yeah. Kevin is Coach that's a good Heldon, rivalry. Coach Heldon is walking into that like, and I like that. Now I will say this: no one told Georgia Southern to start that, but I'm a big believer that I'm. I, said, if that's what you if that's what you want to do. We're going to do this. And now you're going to get new rivalries to go along with Louisiana's, the App State, the Coast Carolinas. But, Kevin, I think it makes the conference so much more better. It does, yeah. Different locations. Uh, you know, you, you're going to have different – new rivalries will come from this. But, like I said, Billy Napier is no longer in Louisiana. App State is still the class of it. Coast Carolina's gotten really, really good. Georgia Southern got to keep pace. And if you can keep pace, Kevin, I mean, you know what they tell the coach – they tell the coach owner right now, listen, man, we want to uh, – we get the host – Whoever the, whoever the has the top, you get the host conference championship game. We ain't going to neutral location. Right. This is neutral location. Kevin, if Coach if Coach Held, you're talking about pressure. He's 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 playing for a Sun Belt Championship year one. It's not listen, like you say, Kevin, what's the hardest thing to do? A sequel. See, the original is always good. If people try to do the sequel, it ain't as good. Top Gun Maverick, it's close. No, 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 no. There's certain movies that are better than the original. Not a lot, but there no, are. Some- so you think the new one is better? You think the top one you take? Yeah, I do. I, I like. I, I, I feel bad for saying that because I know a lot of people will, you know, jump the on me. But people, the only person, Top only Gun player. Two, better or not Top Gun Two, Top Gun Maverick, better than the first one. I, okay, I well, the only person that's good at sequels and equals is is, is Sylvester Stallone because he <laughs> writes his own script. I mean, I mean I, I, no, listen, I, listen, because. I, I, it is possible for sequels to be better, right? I just gave you one. I think Top Gun Maverick better. Rocky Four better than the original, and Rocky One is, oh, yeah. is, is right, right, right. there. You Rocky, go, Rocky Rocky Four. Yes, I I I, I give you that. Uh, no, I mean so th- it but, is possible. But Kevin, it's a thing though, Coach Coach Coach. You know, Coach Young is running into this. He's running into what Coach Mario Cristobal is running into. What uh, uh Lane Kiffin gonna run into? I mean, I mean, I'm not Lane Kiffin. I mean, uh, uh, uh Coach. Uh, Lincoln Riley going to run into certain programs. You don't realize how deeply enriched they are in winning championships until you get there. I'm not saying he ain't know the history, but your greatest player is down the hall. He's like, Coach, what's up? You Adrian Peterson or how Adrian Peterson? What's up? You want to know? I'm just saying. You saw me run over the entirety of. Yeah, you saw me run over the entirety of Youngstown State on that run. I mean, he 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 was checking IDs and he told everybody, "You too young, you too young, you too young." Let me let me, let me baptize you in the name of the Father yeah. and the Son. <laughs> we got more to go here. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Wednesday. Counting you down towards Braves and Phillies. Uh, coming up a, a little bit later tonight, we'll have that for you. Five fifty with the pregame coverage. Braves taking game one, Ben. And again, these are the games you want to win. Phillies, Mets. When you get a chance to go head to head, you stick it to them, right? You want to go in and uh, and take that dub. And I know that's what a lot of uh, Braves fans are waiting on. You haven't played the Mets hardly at all this year, and a lot of Mets fans are going, "Yeah, we still got head to head." I'm waiting on it. I, oh, they I think, nervous. I, oh, they <laughs> nervous. They, they nervous. No, no, as well they should be, Kevin. Like I said, the Braves, Kevin, no one season, the Braves have won the NL East the last four years. No one season has been the same. It's always been a head scratcher. But post-All-Star break baseball in the NL, in the NL East, yep. it is going to be must-see TV. It certainly will. And, uh, again, the Mets looking to get DeGrom and Scherzer back. 
Uh, right around oh, that time. God. So don't remind me of that. No, no, it's yeah. fine. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I, I think, hey, beat them, beat everybody when they're at their best, and then you can't can't complain, right? You can't say anything uh, at the end. And I think the Braves have fared pretty good against Scherzer in the past. Yeah. So we'll can't give I mean, the chairs in the ground. Lord have yeah. mercy. Hey, we got another hour to go. or leading up towards Braves baseball uh, at five fifty. We'll come back. Final hour, three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Wednesday. Kevin Thomas, he is Ben Troop. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We'll have Braves and Phillies coming up in just a little bit. Of course, the countdown is on to the start of college football as well, Ben. And we've got SEC media days coming up in a couple of weeks, which we all kind of consider the official start of the preseason. I think even saw the uh, the Phil Steels are starting to hit the racks uh, out there, so there are signs of life that college football, Ben, is on the way back around the around in, on the calendar and in season. I'm looking forward to it, Kevin. I mean, sometimes, I mean, it, seem, it, it, it seems like a long time when it first starts, and then as it gets closer, it, it's, it's not really as you know as much time in between as we give it credit for. But, yeah, once once Lindy's and all these different uh, publications start hitting the newsstands and, you know, everybody start looking at player rankings and team rankings and, and offensive, defensive group rankings and, Position rankings, you know it's time. But, hey, it's what we do. It's what we love. It's why we cheer. Let's keep it going. Looking forward to it because, Kevin, like I say, I like a good old-fashioned I don't like you fast. So, Jimbo, <laughs> me, let's keep it going. I wonder if they'll – and I don't think they're going to be there on the same day, but they should rearrange the schedule and make them sit next to each other and answer questions jointly. So, uh, Nick, when uh, you said they bought players, uh, what, what would, would you care to respond? Jim? I was speaking in uh, hypotheticals out there. What I was really trying to say is I need more cash to get to. Yeah, we need to uh, spend more money to get more recruits. That's all I was trying to say. Let's go to the phones here quickly. We got uh, AC, our good friend on the line. Uh, ben, he wants to talk college football. AC, what's up? Good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking my call. How you guys doing? Hey, we're doing good. Perfect. Well, Kevin, I hope you don't have your blood pressure up like last night. <laughs> my blood pressure's fine. It's just front running uh, doesn't sit well with me, AC. I don't like the bandwagon I jumpers. I, I, you know, that's, I just don't. Well, that's good. I love what I did, so I got your blood pressure up. Man, you're next to tackle my brother. But sooner or later, I'm going to get to you. So... I have a question. <laughs> Any of social media probably should post when you guys have your guests on, so I would double check so I'm not going to call your station. Just give me some heads up. So I have a quick question for you guys. Between Alabama, I'm talking about college football, between Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State, whose bandwagon should I jump in uh, this coming fall? Can I get a reason? Again, I'm a bandwagon fan, so you got to help a bandwagon fan now. <laughs> ben, I'd like to thank you for telling for letting everybody know AC was honest. Of course I'm honest. I am a bandwagon fan, and Kevin, I am very happy about it. <laughs> that's I, I, that's I, I can't I can't do it, AC. I can't do it. Uh, wait, wait, I'll let Ben answer because I'm not going to encourage and, and, that and, and, kind and, and, of behavior. One, oh, AC, this is one, one thing not I can encourage. That. Is this. You have added to the list of what Kevin Thomas do not like. He don't listen. He don't like. 
He don't like double fudge. It's not. It's not. It doesn't exist. He doesn't like bowl games, and he hates bandwagoners. Like I, I, do. I just figured. So AC, if you are looking for a team to to latch, you know, uh, your your bandwagon is to. I mean, there's a team in Gainesville latching to them. <laughs> this is why. This is why I would say it. Bigger I didn't know you were going to say that. Bigger, no, bigger than you latching to Florida. I just want you to talk trash to Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky. South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Missouri fans, because there was a Tennessee Vols baseball team that said, quote, this is the greatest team they ever had, and they didn't even make it to Omaha. <laughs> well, how, how are you great and you I, didn't even make it to the, you know, to the College World Series? I can't, I can't abide telling people to be bandwagons, though. I, I can't do it. Have a team, support the team. <laughs> Don't run around with, like, I mean, cause, I mean, seriously. Like, you can't just run around and, like, we won the championship and you've been, like, a fan of seven different teams the last year. Come on. You can appreciate good football, right? I, I can appreciate a good national championship game. I don't have to be a fan of either team. I'm certainly not going to jump on the bandwagon. I'll be like, hey, that was a great football game. I, I, pre- mean, I appreciate it. You know, I was like, but no, don't, don't, I'm not going to encourage that behavior on this show. If you want a bandwagon, I can't encourage that. And I certainly would again, I'm sick of the Bama in, in Ohio State. I'm not. I'm certainly not going to encourage you to jump on that. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, the bandwagons, is, the bandwagons are tough. They, they are tough. I mean, because the bandwagons, they, they switch teams during the year. Like, they go, oh, yeah, they good. Hold on, let me go to this team. Oh. Like, like the kid, that, like when the Cavs were playing, um, when the Cavs were playing Golden State, the kid had on the Cavs jersey. And he and he pulled it off and had a, and had a gold state jersey underneath. I'm like, what are we, what 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 are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Pick a team. I listen. My granddaddy got me rooting for the Braves. I'm from the state of Georgia, so I have to root for the Hawks. I have to root for the you know the Falcons. I guess I have to root for Atlanta United. I, you don't have to. I, I, I guess you don't have to root for anybody. Just don't jump around. That's that's all I'm saying. Look, listen, if listen, the Dodgers beat them, basically, 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 Kevin is saying, don't be a Georgia, don't be a Georgia Bulldog fan. Because we know they only root for Georgia during the football season. When basketball season comes, Duke, Kansas, no, all, UConn. No, all I'm saying is, look. All, 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 And then you got guys like, you know, Ty Gurley saying something like, well, I'm from North Carolina. And what does that mean? So I don't get to root for Duke or North Carolina? No. 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 Freddie plays for the Dodgers. I'm not rooting for the Dodgers. The end. Not doing it. I, and, no, and I'm not. I, no. The, hey, if the, I mean, uh, Freddie, Freddie Freeman won't want to send you a jersey. Make sure if, it has Braves on it. If the, yeah, if the Mets end up beating the Braves, I'm not like, let's go Mets. No, I'm not doing that. I'll be disappointed. That's part part of being a good fan and not the see, – see, the, the, the problem with bandwagon fans is they can't take the pain of losing. That's really what it is. Because yep. when you ride with a team and then they lose, you feel it. Down in your pores, especially with college football, we feel it in our pores – then you know some of the group texts we've had uh, around college football. It's 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 never better in terms of good quality content than when your favorite team loses because everybody oh, yeah, everybody's yeah. I, mad. I, I, but Kevin, but Kevin, because I, I kept wondering what is <laughs> I mean, it about the fandom? Like what what is it about the fandom? I said the hardest question to answer is: Do you want to see your team win more than you want to see their rival lose? And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's close. It's I close do, in college football. I say do want to see, and, and it's a real fan. Can't make that distinction. I said, because I don't know, man. It depends on when they lose it. Like, is it like gut-wrenching? Oh, my God. We should have won this. We're never going to survive. I want to see them lose. Because at the end of the day, 
there's a genuine dislike for them. Like I don't really dislike, but it's genuine though. Sure. Because like, I, listen, I don't. When, when listen, when George is playing Alabama, I'm not saying go SEC no bump. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to go. And Kevin, that's how you know you're real fans. It makes me. It, it, it does kind of drive me crazy when somebody goes, "Yeah, man, I've been ruled for Clemson for years. Where's Clemson at? Huh? Where, where's Clemson at? Yeah, it's, it's in Clemson. Well, I think part of, part of part of the the championship of last year was, you know, obviously, if you're a true Georgia fan, and maybe not one who is uh, an AC Georgia fan, who's like, hey, they're good. Let's jump. Like the pain of forty years of not getting it done made that moment sweeter, right? I mean, I know a lot of people were like, last time they did it, I was three years old. I was two. Oh, and, 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 so, and so you're like, every year it's like, I, I, I thought they were going to make it. I thought they were going to get it. And, you know, if you're just jumping ship to the best team, you don't have to go through that pain. I mean, Kevin, Kevin, let you don't me have to wander through, through the wilderness with and your mind team. You, Kevin, and mind you, Kevin, you know this. I don't already say anything. Oh, listen, for those people who say, wait a minute, Ben. You gonna still talk trash about George just won that chip? What, what does that mean to me? <laughs> yes, like, like, like. Of like, course, yes, I understand that. Cause, yeah, because because that's the problem. They be like, I said, so, so let me get this straight. It's Thanksgiving. You got a big, you got a grown folks table. And you had a little little kid table. The little kid table had George at it for forty years, right? <laughs> All of a sudden, George get to come to the big boy table, and they want to sit in the head seat. No, 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 you don't get to seat in the head seat. You get to sit at the table. I just be saying to myself, so let me get this straight. <laughs> A real fan going to talk trash regardless. It has nothing to do with what the team is. Now, if right. the team is bad or whatever, you're going to use that against them. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm driving around Georgia, state of Georgia, and people honking at me, barking at me, this and the third, I said, let me let me help you all understand something. Right? Ain't nothing changed. 2000, I'm still no, talking trash. I know. No, no, like, 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 I get it, Kevin. They're going to say, <laughs> hey, you know, I said, but this is the thing, right? I go, I'm sorry that you know, your grandchildren get to experience a championship at Georgia because you didn't. So, so, all, no, no. so, congratulations, <laughs> so, listen, so congratulations to the University of Georgia. They got it done. Do but you, Kevin, do you have a rebuttal I'll, book I'll with you for real? Book. Like, do you have a rebuttal? No, seriously, because like ever since they won, you're like, hey, I don't care. Because the first thing you got was what, 2008, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. hey, 2008, Ben. 2000, it's been a while. No, and, no, and then no, you're no, like, no, 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 you know what it is, though, Kevin? This one is. I'm saying, all right, now. I, I always tell a Georgia fan this. I say, I say the same thing. I say, do you really want that? Do you really want to do that? Because we can do it. Mind you, mind you, mind you. And somebody will say, well, being you wasn't on no championship teams, and I go, and you weren't either. So what are we talking about? So what, so what are we talking about? So at the end of the day, Kevin, listen, the best way to describe it is this. There was a certain coach that was in the studio one day that, 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 that just happened to be a rivals team to a team that you know our our great Kevin Thomas went to school. <laughs> and Kevin go and, and mind you, and Kevin like listen, just, as long as I want to, take, I want to take a picture. And you guys are pointing out, I'm not wearing this hat, home. <laughs> the, and to me, that's what it's about. It's when listen, man, I like certain colors unless they're on certain. You like thought Kevin I was kidding said, at first. Blue. He likes blue unless it's on a Dodger. See, it's different. You, <laughs> you know, you thought so I was kidding too at first when I when I said I'm not wearing the hat. <laughs> for the ACs out there in the world, yeah, you yeah. should have to, you should have to pay the gas prices. When the gas prices go back down, you should have to keep paying what it is now <laughs> because there is nothing. Listen, listen, listen. No, listen. being a bandwagon is like a person that can't drive. Mm-mm. Ain't no place for him. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. Get off the road and pick you a team. Okay, I agree. I agree. 
No, 100%. I'm 100% with you right there. No, I, 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 I will the say, Ben. Fact, the, mere, the mere fact that like you can go from rooting for Ohio State and at the end of the year put on a Michigan hat, that is nasty. That is <laughs> that is ridiculous. No, th- those, that's like, fighting that words around, uh, around Michigan and Ohio State. Listen, 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 let me tell you something. I don't know what colleges my children are going to go to. <laughs> I really don't. But if my children happen to go to some rival schools like Georgia, Florida State, okay, I'm their father. I'm, I'm, I, I, Will you go in at Smith and slap a jersey on? No, no, I'm not. No, <laughs> no. I, if, if it's my kids' jersey, that that might be different. But it's the thing, right? The great, the, 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 the great Jeff Chandler went into the Florida Georgia Hall of Fame. Right. His parents were Georgia fans. This is a real fan now. Yeah. Georgia fans for four, five years, they wore Florida orange and blue. As soon as Jeff graduated, took it off. Not wearing no more. Went back to Georgia. The, I, and I respect that. So for me. Are you sneaking in the stadium? I, I, I hope you have a child that goes to Georgia because I, 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 I want to see it. Listen, <laughs> I, don't, listen, I just think that red and black and white make my skin. No, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm, 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 I'm now praying. <laughs> Listen, at the end of the that day, one of I your children. Kevin, y'all would never know if there was a school in the state. I hope they would. If one of his sons go there. <laughs> no, I, I, I hope because, I mean, ben, I've been asked a lot. I mean, a lot by folks who have been like, do you think Ben would ever put on like a Georgia jersey? I said, first of all, if you know Ben, and you can back this up, obviously. I said, if you know Ben, Ben would never make a bet in which the losing proposition was uh, you got to put on the Georgia stuff, right? I, like I, I've even asked you, I was like, hey, would you make a bet, uh, you know, on the outcome of the game and the loser has to wear the other team's jersey? You said, if that's the cost and that's the penalty, I'm not doing it. Now, if one of your children go, I, I think that would be a priceless photo be, to see. That would be, <laughs> be called default. Are you just – no, seriously. If they do that, if, if you go on campus – are you just wearing a red shirt with nothing like, or are you, are you, would you actually go like, Hey, this white. is my, this is my kid's, uh, you know, replica jersey. Uh, I wear like a white shirt. <laughs> <laughs> cause Kevin, cause, cause, at the, cause at the end of the day, right. All of a sudden, Oh, Kirby wants to talk to you. What do you want to talk to me about? Oh, you know, I just, listen, man, I ain't here for the photo ops. No, that's what I'm saying. Because on the recruiting visits now they get the parents all dressed up. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the new thing is now. This is the thing, right? The new thing is now. You got to put on stuff. I said, listen, man. Uh, yeah, man. I'm nice. gonna, I'm gonna reach out to your son and say, make sure your dad goes on the recruiting. I will say this. My my son was at the recent uh, Manning Passing Academy, so he's taking pictures with Peyton Manning. Right. Uh, he took a picture with Anthony Richardson. So he's making the rounds. My son is, you know, making the rounds. Look, at the end of the day, listen. If you want to pay, if you want to. My child is going to school for free. I can deal with it. But before he make that, sound like, son, is this the one you felt the most comfortable with? Yeah, you should. <laughs> I ain't telling you what to do, but I'm just saying. I want to see it. Quality, I, quality, I, quality, I, quality education is quality education. Oh, I understand that. I understand that, but I just would love the recruiting photo that comes out, and he's standing there posing in the gear, and they got Ben off to the side with the jersey rocking. No, like, no, no, like that that situation, Kevin. <laughs> his son didn't go to Georgia. You didn't have to put it on him. <laughs> so you're not putting it on until you know signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, it's, if it's if it's signed, sealed, and delivered, I, I'm 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 gonna sit there, you know, because at that point I got I got to look past it. But my stomach will be hurt. Just ben, know that. 
Ben Troop in a Georgia, Tennessee, or yeah. Alabama, or Auburn jersey. Oh, or 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 you put it on my child and my daughter plays soccer, and I think one of the number one schools of soccer, Florida State. Uh, uh, put on that garnet and gold, Ben. I would love. <laughs> Can't even agree on the school colors. I've had a lot of people want to know what the dollar amount it would be to get you to say go dogs on the air. And I said, I don't think there is one. I, there's- oh, 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 listen, listen. If, if, if we talk about live tour money, <laughs> okay, we, we can do it. You, you might you might get there. Right, but then Kevin gonna say, "Okay, well y'all, what's up? What, what, what y'all talking? Let me see." <laughs> all I got, hey, go, I only got to wear it one time. I right, get all the pictures you can get. When it go off, it's going to the trash. <laughs> I, I again, I'll work to make that happen, folks. But uh, no, we got more to come. A lot to get to here in the final hour of the program. We're counting down towards Braves and Phillies. Also had a chance to sit down with George Masvidal. A big UFC event coming up August 5th in Savannah. We'll talk about the fight night coming up later on this summer. And we'll hear from him next. Three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Back it is three and out here on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas here on the program. And man, UFC growing and growing. Big fight promotion coming on August the 5th. Also going to be live on UFC Fight Pass on August 5th at the Savannah Civic Center. Icon FC uh, going to be putting on the promotion. Joining us here on 3 and Out, you know him from the MMA, UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship in the welterweight uh, division, one of the best going. Uh, George Masvidal joins us here on 3 and Out. George, welcome. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Before we get into some of the things you got going on, uh, coming right here to uh, Savannah, talk about... Uh, I'm always interested. What what was it that led you to, I guess, wake up one day and said, I want to be in the fight game? Uh, that happened a long time ago. Maybe it was like first come from where I seen that I fell in love with fighting and I just wanted to pursue that for the rest of my life. And then um, the UFC came around. I was able to turn it into a career. And then um, I always knew I wanted to be involved in, in, in the fight world and all aspects. You know, I've been a cornerman. I've been a coach obviously a competitor. Um, I always thought I could promote as well, you know, especially something that I know so well of that I'm so well-versed in. So it was just a matter of time before I got into the promotions. And you've really, as you said, been involved in all aspects of the fight game. For those of us who just enjoy watching it, what is that? What is it like being uh, in, the, in, the, in the ring, getting ready to take on uh, somebody in a fight game? Which, again, it's, it's one-on-one. It's you versus the other guy. It doesn't get much simpler than that, right? It's the best. It's the best feeling, you know. You, you prepare for this moment. This other individual is preparing too, and and some of us have been preparing since we're like seven, eight years old. So it's like each one of those fights, it's it's a lifetime. It just might seem like a, a fight to somebody else, but it's a lifetime of experience being poured into that moment, you know. So it's it's definitely um, somewhat religious to me. Very very like surreal, though I've done it over fifty times, and then it's also the place where I feel most comfortable at, where I'm like, wow, this is. This is what I was meant to do. I love what I'm doing. I'm like a fish to water once once I'm in there. George Masvidal joining us here on 3 and Out. And, again, it seems like the fight game, comparable to a lot of sport out there, where especially when you gear up for a big fight, it is so much you got to be on your toes one mistake. And especially in, uh, in in MMA, it could all be over in just a couple of seconds. I think you actually have the record for the quickest knockout. Like So, literally, it could be over in a couple of seconds. Oh, yeah. You know, and in my case, it, it, it's the quickest because it ended right away. But sometimes you could be winning, you know, 24 minutes and 32 seconds of the fight. 
into it and you're winning and you lose with 28 seconds to go, it just happened in the, in the championship at 205 pounds, you know. It's just crazy um, how the business is, man. There, there's no one's God in this sport. Like, anybody at any moment could get got, knocked out, murdered, you know. So you have to stay very awake. You know, it could come from submissions. It could come from a blow to the head. It could come from a cut, and the referee deemed it too much. So it's definitely a sport that keeps you on your toes. And and no matter how good is the guy or how many belts he has, whoever that person is can always be beat. You know, and we see it. Guys that have never lost in 10 years all of a sudden get knocked out, you know. So it's it's a great sport because you just never know. No matter how much you know, you just never know the conclusion. George Masvidal joining us here on Three and Out. And George, you're coming right here to our area uh, in Savannah. We'll get to that coming up in in just a little bit. But you you launched a promotion uh, company, Icon FC. Talk about you. You've mentioned being in all aspects of the fight game. Talk about being on the promotion side and what what's kind of the intrigue that got you on the promotion side. Well, once we started doing all right. Um, figured we throw this promotion and just give back to fighters and, and just there's there's things I try to take from fighter to fighter standpoint just things that I could better you know just treat the fighters a little better here if I could earn them more money earn them more money these sponsorships that, that uh, do business with us to come into the company we, we try to break some of the fighters off we were the first promotion um, to pay guys in cryptocurrency in the history you know this was like two years ago in, in our sister promotion GFC uh, Game Bird Fighting Championships and, and we were the first promotion to pay like i said in cryptocurrency so things like that i love to do it a lot of these guys like months later send us letters because we gave out bonuses for fight of the night knockout of the night submission of the night you know we gave out like five thousand dollars and that five thousand turned into twenty thousand thirty thousand for some of these guys and these letters that they sent us like three four months later were like the greatest greatest things you know so so that's another reason why i got into promoting they bring different aspects into it and bring all the platforms that I got, all the connections that I got to these young up-and-coming fighters, let them go out there, get their 15 seconds of fame, and cash in on it, you know. And, and like I said, fighting's very up and down, so we try to give them as much as we can from the start and just help them out in their career. And George, how important was that to you, obviously, as a fighter yourself? Uh, you mentioned, I know that's a constant thing you hear about uh, in the fight world is how much these guys are making uh, to fight because you're literally putting your bodies out there on the line to go do what you do, and who knows how you're going to come out of each individual fight that you go in. You're right, man. How about you got coaches to pay? gym fees, traveling expenses, hotels, you know, the food for your coaches. It, it's it's not an easy ride, like I tell you, you know. A lot of times these guys can't afford to, to even get themselves there, so what do they do? They go by themselves, no coach, no nothing. They don't have guys in their corner. It, it, it happens in the fight world. We, we try to hook them up. We try to at least have one corner man, if we can, in there for them, or, or however we can facilitate it. So um, just, just an improved... Just, it's just evolution of fighting, right? I grew up in the fight game. There's things I didn't like. I want to make it better, you know? But that being said, I also bring the hungriest and meanest up-and-coming guys that there is, you know? So we're constantly scouting the country for the talent's best, the guys that are 8-0, and 10-0, and 0, and putting them against the country's best, the, the number two guy in the country, the number one guy in the regional scene before they go to the big leagues, before they go to the UFC and fight for a world championship or something. So I think that's the reason why our formula works so well. We're doing phenomenal uh, fight pass. We, we got a short history with them, about six months, but we're number two and most viewed of all the promotions. The fight pass has been running already, I think, five, six years. So for us to, to have number two in, in a strong number two, 
it speaks volumes not of, of me or or my administration, and it speaks of the fighters because we're putting on shows. These guys are coming to get it because they know if they get they do their job, they're going to the big leagues, you know. So these guys are coming in and, and giving it all they got. So top to bottom, our cards are very evenly stat- matched and just stacked, ready to go, a bunch of killers. Yeah, George Masvidal joining us here on 3 and Out, and you've got the promotion Icon FC coming to Savannah in August. Tell folks about that. It's coming to the Civic Center. Uh, tell folks about what they can expect with that promotion coming up uh, on August the 5th. As we stand, we have eight official fights. Um, we have some, some Savannah talent, Georgia talent as well. One of the headliners is from Savannah, stud Josh Blyden, uh, 9-2, kids are stud. He's uh, facing off against another stud and Steven New, 8-3. and three. Um, Guys are both great. Then the co-main, we got Amun Cosme, 4-0, versus Diego Gomez, Mansur, 5-0. You know, as I was telling you, we just try to find the country's best and get them going. Um, one of our featured bouts, we have Joe Schilling to be announced because, uh, you know, we've had a tough time matching up Joe. A lot of guys keep pulling out, don't want to fight this guy, you know. So if you're hearing this, uh, a fighter out there and you want to fight August 5th, Give us a call if you're around 185 to 205. It's hard to match this guy up. This guy's a criminal, man. <laughs> hey, the fight game is uh, is, is big time. You got to be ready to uh, to go. Finally, uh, George, what's it like to step in? I mean, uh, it, when you come out the uh, the curtain and you're getting ready to face a Nate Diaz, a uh, an Usman, then some of the big fights that you have. Uh, describe that to the regular person when you're mentally trying to get there, and obviously the place is going nuts. I want to try to explain a way that everybody can understand, right? So. Um, I get it's it's a combination of of being in line for the roller coaster, literally, where you just want to go already, right? You don't want to. You're over this line, you know. You're over being in the back, warming up, putting your hand wraps on. You're over being in the line for the roller coaster. You just want to go. Or if you're a skier, being at, like the top of the hill on the lift, and and then you finally get there, and it's your turn to go. And for a second, you go, man, but do I really want to do this? And you're like, hell yeah, I want to do this. And immediately after, um these drugs get released naturally into your body and it's like nothing before all these chemicals start flowing you know the adrenaline gets mixed in with the dopamines and all the things that are going through your body and all of a sudden you feel like not human you know for like those 25 minutes those 15 minutes that i'm in the cage i'm not saying i'm like you know god or nothing like that (laughs) nothing like that but for those like 25 minutes not necessarily human either. It's maybe a more animalistic or maybe, I don't know. I don't know what the exact combination is. But all fighters can tell you the, the endorphins they get released in that moment. It's like nothing other. So it's a very surreal experience, like I said. And then on top of it, you got 15, 25,000 people watching you live, plus whoever's watching around the world. You know, it, it's a great feeling. At the fight time, you don't really take a lot of these things into consideration like me if it's one people watching or 10 million i just i have another guy in front of me that has two hands and two feet and i got a job to do so i usually just try to focus on that but but definitely the experience is like i said i hate to say so many times but it's surreal it's something you have to try i i suggest everybody out there listening you know get into a fist fight uh organized one you know like a amateur one or a pro but the feeling is great there's no drug that's like it there's there's no nothing can can duplicate this emotion. George Masvidal joining us here on 3 and Out. He's got the Icon FC coming up on August the 5th in Savannah. Also going to be on UFC's Fight Pass. Going to be a big night. George, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. That's George Masvidal joining us 
here on 3 and Out. We'll come back with more all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here 3 and Out on this Wednesday. Braves and Phillies coming up in just a little bit. We'll hand you off to the Braves Radio Network. But Ben, in the uh, the last handful of minutes, the free agency out there, trades, etc. with the NBA Hawks. Giving up a lot. They get uh, DeJounte Murray from San Antonio. They send not John Collins. They send Danilo Gallinari to the Spurs and three first-round draft picks. I think a 25 and a 27. And I think one year, I think the 20, 2026, they're going to swap first-round picks. So it's kind of a, a pick swap. But essentially three first-rounders and one player to get uh, DeJounte Murray and Ben, you know my position on draft picks in the NBA. Hey, they're there to be given away, especially if you can make your team better right now. There is no better tradable piece in life than a first-round pick in the NBA draft. That's not going to be a lottery pick, Kevin. And shout-out to Atlanta Hawks front officer being able to go forward. To be, people say, is DeJounte Murray really going to be in the cars? He is. Trey, we got you some help. I don't know how much he's going to help, but I like – the, I like the direction that the Hawks are going in, Kevin. With all these free agent trades, the guys opting in, opting out, staying with teams, leaving teams, I care about them Hawks. DeJounte Murray, hey, man, got the most what? Got the most double, triple-doubles in Spurs history. That's saying a lot with guys like Tim Duncan and David, David Robinson, different things. But he's a Hawk now. Mr. Collins, it seems like you're going to stay a Hawk because nobody want that. They don't, they don't want to pick up that contract. Yeah. Hey, man, fall back in love with the Hawks. I think adding a guy like Murray can help. Well, maybe you got a big three now. If you, I mean, you need John Collins to step up, and maybe you can turn John Collins into the third piece of that big three, so to speak. And certainly, as you said, Trey got some help out there for him as well. Ben, we're just a couple of minutes away from handing it off to uh, the Braves and the Phillies coming up uh, later tonight. Matt Olson loves playing at Citizens Bank Park. I, we, we talked about this earlier. Heard that stat. He's had five hits in his career at Citizens Bank Park in, in uh, Philadelphia, and they're all homers. So no singles, no. He's been Mister Doubles this year. No doubles, all homers, and the Braves would like some more of that uh, coming up tonight. You got Kyle Wright, who's been uh, sensational for the Braves this year against Ranger Suarez. So should be a good little pitching matchup. Don't know if uh, Acuna is going to be back in this series at all. I know he was in uh, Atlanta last night, getting reevaluated on that ankle. And Ben, as you said, maybe that's just something for this season. You, I mean, it's kind of been unfortunate, but since the season started, it's been in and out of the lineup for Ronald Acuna kind of all year long, where it's, hey, whether it be via rest, where it be some nagging injury or a fresh injury, uh, it just seems like the Braves are trying to milk this thing to say, hey, can we get to September with 13 fully healthy, kind of take care of all the, all the nicks and bumps that he suffers? Because the initial report was, fouled the ball off his ankle, it looks fine, right? There's no, nothing broken, nothing, and then now he's not with the team uh, last night. Get, so it seems like the Braves are being just super, super cautious with Ronald Acuna and, uh, and what they're willing to let him kind of play through right now. I think, I think they, I, I think they have the, uh, you know, error on the side of caution when it comes to him, Kevin, but good thing about this, you got a solid enough team that he, you want him in the lineup, but even if he's not in, they can still keep, you know, stick to, stick to the plan. I mean, stick to the course. You want him to be back. I heard some reports that maybe he could be back as early as Friday. I'm not crossing my fingers. But as long as ain't nothing broken, no ligament damage, Kevin, I can deal with it. Because coming off of injury, this is what you usually have to deal with. I mean, but you, you, when, you play, when you play every day in baseball, you're going to get some nice off. I mean, I'm just happy that he's going to be back, you know, sooner rather than later. 
Absolutely. So uh, we'll see how the uh, the Braves perform uh, tonight. A chance, hopefully, maybe to trim another game if the uh, if the Mets lose another one like they did last night. But uh, as you said, good to see them last night come out of that Dodger series where uh, who the heck knew what was going to happen? It was just emotional all the way around with Freddie and hey, you lost two out of three, but you immediately come out then and play a great ball game uh, last night. And it'd be nice to go ahead and win tonight. Take two out, of, uh, guarantee you two out of three against the Phillies coming out of that and just jump right back in to the momentum. And I think a chance with a win tonight, maybe t- tomorrow you could finish with 21 wins in the month of, of June, which would tie the franchise record for most uh, wins there in a month. I mean, this has been an incredible month of baseball for for the Atlanta Braves, to say the least. It really, really has, Kevin. I mean, going back to what we said about June, stay the hunter and the hunted. Ronald Lacuna Jr., hope to get him back by Friday, but take care of business tonight. Make sure the Phillies know y'all definitely battling for third because uh, the Braves are trying to get back into that first place. Yeah, and, and remember, as you said, with every Braves win in this series, you push the Phillies a game farther back. So you're four behind the Mets, and you push the Phillies four behind you. So uh, you're getting some separation uh, going on out there as well. Appreciate George Masvidal joining us uh, here. Got the big Icon FC uh, coming up August 5th at the Civic Center in Savannah. Going to be on UFC Fight Pass as well. Appreciate him uh, joining us on the program. Kyle Wright, Ranger Suarez, your pitching matchup coming up this evening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Conversation continues there. We'll see you tomorrow. Three and out.